Welcome to Scum, Beer and Villainy, the podcast about beer, geekery and everything in between. I'm your host, Marcel Harper, and I'm the creator of the Beginner Brewer website and have been brewing beer for more than a decade. As ever, I'm joined by my fellow host and beer nerd, Matt Beasley. Matt is hurting. He's alone, tired, and he hasn't seen diddly squat from anybody down here. <laughs> Hi, Matt. Hi, Marcel. How are you doing? Good yourself. I'm good, thank you. We're okay. we're in we're in uh, we're in person today. It's it is somewhat disturbing to see you so close to me. Yeah, like actually being having to look visibly into your facial features. <laughs> yeah, same here, buddy. <laughs> and same know here. and know that you're not just an android on the other side of a Skype call. Yeah. You're like a, well, I have been up until yeah. recently, so uh, you've you found me out, and now I'm here. I'd I'd prefer to have not found you out, but that's okay. That's okay. Let's leave things as they are. At did this you point did you time. get the reference at the beginning? Um, it's. The Martian? No. It's from Die Hard. Ah. Uh, mm. mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's where, it, it, it's where his buddy yeah. defends him. No, no, sure. Sure. It reminded me of... Um, the Martian. No, 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 no. Oh. It, well, I mean, obviously it did, but it also reminded me of... Uh, uh, the Fugitive. Where he, right, you know he's cold. He's wet. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah, he's yeah. out every in house, in house, water house, shit house, <laughs> out house, out house, dog house. <laughs> that was also good. I could have used that one. Yeah, but that's but that's okay. So it's the end of the year, Matt. The year has seen its ass. Yeah, another great trash fire of year. <laughs> um, Directly into the fucking toilet. Yeah, but it's it's our favorite show of the year, and that's our best of twenty twenty two. Um, follow up to the last one we had, which was best of 2021, obviously. Yeah. So we will be revisiting some of those categories. We may have one or two new ones. Uh, we're going to see if some of our wished for things came true. I kind of doubt it. Mm-mm. But almost, you know. almost definitely not. But Matt, before we even begin with any of that stuff, yeah, it is time, as always, <laughs> for the intro beer. <laughs> I love that stain with the airplane noise. Oh, I was going to say, and an yeah. airplane flew over. That, and Wasn't that just like, that's yeah. a sign, man. Those people seemed very upset. Yeah. So the intro beer, we are going all Belgian today with mm. the intro beer. Mm. Um, and this is from uh, an official Abbey brewery. So it's an official um, Abbey beer. Maritzos is the brewery from Belgium. And we're having their blonde. So this is a Belgian blonde ale. From Marisos, one of my favorites. It's a light, I think this is a good breakfast beer. If you like Belgian beer and you want a breakfast beer, I would go for this one. It doesn't have as high an alcohol count as most of their beers, which means for Belgian beer, <laughs> it's 6.5. 6.5. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a robust start to your breakfast. If you've had a bit of fatty food, this is going to cut right through it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you need to pick me up after a heavy night. Exactly. So cheers, Matt, to cheers. the end of 2022. Cheers, yeah. Let's Fuck see, you, uh, 2022. Let's see what we think of this one. And of course, because we're professional podcasters, podcasters we both drink at the same time, thus ensuring a lot of dead <laughs> air. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> we know what we're doing. Space. Yeah. And stare into each other's eyes as we both drink simultaneously. <laughs> that's, that's how the professionals Not, do Nodding it. slowly <laughs> at the quality of the production. It is so good. This is delicious. Yeah. It's lovely breakfast beer, this, because it's spicy. I think that's the, the Belgian mm. yeast always has a bit of a spiciness. Yeah. And I like a spicy breakfast, you know. 
I, I think this will go well with a sort of sakshuka or one of or like Turkish eggs, you know, something with a bit of spice or huevo rancheros. Anything, yeah, like a, like some sort of chorizo. Yeah, anything which has a bit of fat, a little bit of spice, this is going to do well. You know, it's nice. Yeah, it's nice. There is a. It's not a. It's not a. Uh, there's a density to it. You know, it's, yeah. it, uh, the, for a, for a blonde, mm. you know, it's not as completely open as you'd expect. No. There is a there is a little bit of crunch to it. Yeah, there's silkiness. Mm. There's a silky mouth. Yeah, feel. like the. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely have a little bit of crystal malt here, or maybe, if not crystal malt, probably um, some Munich malt with some sugar. Most of the Belgian beers always have sugar added, so they usually use Belgian candy sugar, which is a sort of a special sugar produced there, which one can make your own as well. But it's an invert sugar candy. It's got a lovely aroma as well. It does, doesn't it's, it? It's quite complex. Mm. It is very nice. I mean... A bit of toffee or something like that on the... Yeah, on the biscuity. Biscuity, yeah. Mm. Mm. That's very nice, Marcel. I'm enjoying that. Yeah, so that's a good intro beer for us, I think. Mm, very good intro beer. How, how um, available is Maritsu? Maritsu is actually very available in South Africa, um, and I, I would suspect worldwide. Um, it's one of the larger Abbey producers um, of, of proper Belgian... Um, you know, monastic beers, mm. and um, yeah, it's 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 pretty ubiquitous. I would say, very very nice. Is the I mean the bottle's tradition, right? There's no there's mm. no there's no brewing function behind the the shape of the bottle, is there? There might be because I mean, many of these beers are bottle aged, so they do age in the bottle. They often re yeast, so they're double yeasted, um, especially the triples. Um, so maybe, I mean, the squat little bottle, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think it's really necessarily superior in any respect to any other shape, but mm. I, it's probably tradition. But it does need to be pressure, um, you know, sort of resistant. Mm. So it might help. So maybe that neck, that, that double bulges. Maybe. Maybe there is some sort of logic to it. I, it's a great question. I don't have the answer to it. But I do know that most Belgian beers, especially the triples and so on, are re-yeasted in the bottle, mm. which is not the same as bottle conditioning necessarily. And homebrewers who, who add sugar to their beer to carbonate it naturally, that's also not the same because there mm. you're relying on the yeast which is already in the beer. Yeah, you're not adding additional You're not yeast. adding fresh yeast, but yeah. the Belgians add fresh yeast to their, to their bottles. That is technically really bottle conditioning mm. is because that fresh yeast re-ferments the beer and it adds dryness, it adds more alcohol. Um, and they usually use a pretty neutral yeast. They don't use the same yeast as the, the base yeast which creates the spiciness. Mm. So it's kind of flavor neutral, but... Yeah, but it dries out to be a considerably. Mm. Depends. Some breweries do use quite spices there as well, and it, it adds to the complexity. Mm. I've made triples where I've done that, and it actually worked really, really well. This, I mean, this is a quite a dry beer itself. Yeah, no, for sure. All the, all the Belgian beers will be pretty dry because of this mm. bottle conditioning. Not, I mean, some are less dry than others, but I think as blondes go, the Maritzos one is pretty dry. Mm, that's spice. Mm. You know, there's a there's a curryness to it, which is actually quite delicious. It's very nice. Yeah, it reminds, it reminds me a lot of a curry wurst that you mm. know, like a, 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 a that sausage spice. Okay, that's interesting. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's very German, Belgian. Well, I mean, they're basically basically the same. You're gonna get so much hate right? mail if you confuse those two. Ma- ma- they're, <laughs> they're neighbors. What? They're neighbors. They're Germans. <laughs> <laughs> 
What's uh, what are we? What, what's on our menu for today, Marcel? So we're we going to go through several categories of best of, like we did last year. Mm. We're going to discuss movies. We're going to discuss games, mm. beer, mm. all sorts of shit, mm. and also contribute to our ever-growing IPA leaderboard because there are a few IPAs and maybe even some double IPAs in the list today. Uh, Hell yeah, ouch. some doubles. Ouch. It's going to. But let's kick it off with a category. <sighs> Yeah. And I'm going to start with the one we normally start with, which is our 2022 pet beer related peeve of the year. Mm. So last year, I recall mine was wax sealed bottles. Now, yeah. I don't know if it's just because I've been avoiding them, but I haven't seen <laughs> as many. There hasn't been a lot of wax there haven't sealed been, bottles. So yeah. I'm going to count that as a win. I've, yeah. I feel that the beer industry listened to us. I was going to say, Marcel single handedly changing the, the beer landscape. You can all thank me later. I'll, you know, my banking details will appear in the show notes. You can all just <laughs> donate to the Harper Fund. Um, but I've got a new one, which really is annoying. It's annoying me more and more, actually, to such an extent. And also, by the way, folks, I mean, for frequent listeners, which is, we, we mean you, Bob, in Poland. Um, Skol. Skol. <laughs> um, we, we try and keep things positive on the show. Because normally Matt and I bring so much existential angst and yeah, negativity as yeah, it is. yeah. That we don't need to create, like, we, so we don't really discuss, like, our worst movie of the year and that sort of stuff. But uh, maybe one day we'll have a show just about that. Maybe mm. we'll have a dark, mysterious show of, of things we hate. Yeah, which will be a very long list, let's face we'll, it. We'll only have triple IPAs and quadruple Belgian <laughs> beers, dark stuff. Uh, or maybe just for Go Beer altogether, we'll just have gin and tonic. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, because at the end of that entire thing, I mean, yeah. we're just going to be Or martinis. Anyway, we'll we'll consider that, but uh, but there are a few categories. In fact, this might be the very the only one which has this explicitly negative tone, and this is our pet beer related peeve. So, Matt, what's yours? Um, that I didn't drink as much beer this year as, as I drank last year. Really? That's about it. Yeah. Is that really no, your, your you beer related peeve? No, it, and it goes directly towards the what I wanted to see happen this year, which is that I wanted to see a reduction kind of, in the size of your liver. Yes, I mean, I did have to have half of it removed, but, but I mean, that, that wasn't the only thing. Right. Um, no, I just, I just uh, expected to see um, more craft beer on tap at different, you know, places, right. and, I, and I didn't see that this year. I didn't. And if anything, I actually think I saw a lot less craft beer available um, at mainstream kind of restaurants and things like that than I did last year. Okay. Um, and that, 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 that was my peeve is that, you know, I'm seeing the same things on tap, you know. I'm glad I can get a Stella at 11 o'clock in the morning down the road from me, but I, mm. I, I do see Stella, you know, everywhere I go. So yeah. where's everyone else? Good point. Yeah. You know, and I, I mean, I, I understand that it's, it's a hallmark of the industry is that it's tough to get out there, especially, mm. uh, you know, the smaller brewers. Um, there's a monopoly to contend with. Yeah, um, and I and I and I really get that, but that doesn't make it less disappointing. No, I think it's a real problem. I've noticed that too. Far less craft beer on tap, and if you find it, pretty much the usual suspects. Mm. Nothing, nothing very regional. Um, it's been very rare for me to see, like in Joburg, for instance. I haven't seen Joburg-based breweries represented on tap. Yeah, um, which is crazy. You know, for yeah. the craft beer industry, it's bad, and it's it's pretty much only Cape Town. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of scary. Look, I mean, I think post COVID, the uh, the whole hard lockdown, the various stages of prohibition mm. we experienced in South Africa for our international listeners, where we actually had prohibition here mm. during COVID, um, it killed a lot of breweries. I mean, just recently, actually, one of our favorite breweries closed down. Matt, I don't mm. know if you know this, but uh, Drifters are no more. 
That's incredibly mm. sad. And they a great. They were a great brewery. They were high quality, yeah. technical brilliance. Their their IPA is still on our leaderboard in a rather high position. They were the ones who also had the aged um, triple, which they did in the ocean floor. In the fact, coke, it the, was yeah. our very first interview on this show was mm. from the brewer of Drifted. Mm. So RIP, you know, for for that wonderful brewery. That's incredible. Um, and I, I've heard rumors that Woodstock might also be closing down. So there's lots of uh, bad things happening right now in the beer industry. Uh, but let's let's hope that maybe next year. Look, I mean, you know, it it is a bit of a circle of life thing mm. uh, because mm. as breweries close down, new people buy the old equipment and they yeah. they take new breweries on. But it is pretty scary out there right now. Mm. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I assume that a, a lot of the issue is that you know it's really really hard to manage scale mm. uh, when things are completely outside your control mm. uh, are happening to you on a daily basis. Um, uh, you know, on top of lockdowns, now suddenly you come out of lockdown and you're able to now try and create some capacity. And now you've got things like supply chain issues and international cost pressures. And, you know, so all of a sudden, I, all of a sudden you realize that you should come closer to your mic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No, but I mean, so, I mean, it, it is incredibly difficult out there. But uh, besides the, the emotional factor of mm-hmm. losing breweries that you know and love, uh, it is a circle of life thing, and there's going to be, you know, youngsters or retirees or whoever the hell you are who get into the beer scene and have the opportunity to do something with it. And we can only hope that that beer is, you know, is is loved and of a quality. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. so mine, mine is less macro and much more, thick, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. sort of micro granular. Yeah. So my pet beer later is dirty tops of beer cans. Dirty tops. Oh, so like the the top of the can. Yeah, so craft beer cans specifically. So so you, I've never seen really. If I open a macro, you know, breweries beer can, or I take it out of the packet, the top of that can where you know the little groove it's is, it's clean. It's, it's clean. pristine. Yeah, sure. Invariably, when I do the same with a craft beer brand who's now started canning, it looks like a dog <laughs> literally shat on the top of that can. Wiped its balls all over that can. There's dirt in it. There's uh. all sorts of weird little objects in the groove, <laughs> which I don't know what that is. I don't want it in me. So now I'm very reluctant to open that can or bring it anywhere near myself. Yeah. So now I have to go, go to wash it. And obviously, the little things get stuck in that groove. So now I've got to use you know, little tools to, 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 to clean the groove. Because I'm fastidious when it comes to that stuff, man. I don't want anything to interfere with my experience of the beer. And it's kind of gross. Let's no, face no, no, no. Look, no one wants to suck on a beer that's covered in turd. It wasn't there. But, I mean, I don't know if it was I mean, an urban legend, but there was that scare a couple of years ago where they said rad droppings and stuff, you know, on, on these cans can right. cause illness. And you get toxoplasmosis. It sounds a little bit like a made-up story, but... Yeah. Well, but unless you are literally eating yes. droppings, but I mean... But the fact of the matter is, if you are a craft beer fan, you're already paying a lot of money for that beer. Hmm. I don't want to open a can and have little drifty bits in my glass when I pour and yeah, then sure. wonder, what the hell is this? Yeah, sure. Right? Uh, I don't know why this is happening so frequently. Is it happening frequently? It is really. You're, 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 you're making this sound like this is a daily occurrence for you. It is. I've, 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 I rarely see a clean beer can from a craft beer operation in this country. Seriously. I don't know if it's because they store it somewhere outside. Yeah. Or is it the canning yeah. equipment which is not functioning properly? I have no idea, but it's off-putting. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's important to note that craft. It doesn't mean like 
horticultural. Mm. You know, it's not it's not rustic. Well, I mean, it, it's it's also stupid because, in, you know, you're already a lot of craft beer fans are still kind of a bit old fashioned when it comes to can versus bottle. Mm. And so, if you're trying to convince people that canning is the way to go, make it clean. So, do you not think it's a supply chain issue that whoever they're using for it the logistics it just might. don't give a shit? But then, as the beer producer, you're still ultimately responsible for checking. So, name and shame. That the product is coming to name you. A, name a producer right now. Dude, the, every single craft beer brewery in South Africa who is canning is, is, is putting is shit all putting over their out can. Dirty cans. I don't. I. I don't believe you for a second. I'm sure. I'm sure it's a lot. But I mean, good God. No, I'm probably not. It's probably not every single one. <laughs> but, but even today, we're going to have some cans. I have selected cans which are not as dirty. Uh, but but out of the cans that you but did out select of a originally, four or six pack, at it was least just, two or three of them are going to be dirty. It was just. It was cat vomit and dog shit all it's, over it's, the top of the can. It's unpleasant, man. No, I mean it sounds unpleasant. Um, I, it's a peeve. I don't know if anyone else has experienced this. If you have, you yeah, can, yeah, let us know. You know, let us know. I mean, I do like the the fact that my pet peeve was like the death of an entire industry. Yes, yes. Mine is just dirt and, on and, the can. And, yeah, and yours is like, oh, that's icky. That's <laughs> <laughs> so, my peeves so in life are, are of that nature, man. It's icky. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. Put that away. Need to not be said that I don't. I don't address the big issues no, of no, no. Our current Jeez, society. Yeah, you know? yeah. This is Plato <laughs> at the mic. <laughs> well, you know that's that's what people tune in for uh, for this podcast. Both the you know, from the the, the uh, what is it sacred to the profane. Yeah, yeah. From big issues all the way down to the absolutely non-existent. Exactly. Mm. So that that was my pet beer related beer of the year. Let's hope that next year we will have more crop beer in pubs and They'll clean, clean the cans. Clean their fucking Just clean cans. the damn can. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Let's do another one, Matt, and then we will right. move on to maybe a beer or something else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna pick randomly. Here. Okay. Yeah. Pick a random category. Well, I mean, you and I just before the podcast, we we're talking a little bit about video games and computer games and mm. and things we like doing. Mm. So let's let's we still have to do a video game episode, which, yeah, which is in the making. Yeah, we always we we float around the outsides yeah, of computer gaming. We do without ever really penetrating it. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's penetrate a little let's, bit. Yeah, let's penetrate some video games. Yes. Um, and so our question for this year is, what is your favorite video game of the year? Now, this does not mean that it was released this year, mm. but it is the game you probably played the most, enjoyed the most. And and again, for those of you who don't know, man, and I are kind of video game geeks. We like we like the odd video game. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't talk a lot about it. I'll start with mine, since you, you went first last time. Okay. I'll, I'll start. Mine is... A, is just a game which I have thoroughly enjoyed. It is a game which has incredible depth to it. You can just play it and play it and play it, and there's always new stuff. This this answer has to be different to your answer last year, just FYI. Yes, yes. Okay. No, my, my, my answer last year was Long Dark. Yes, it was. Um, this year, it is Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, all right. I, love, I mean, I like Westerns, as many of you know. It's one of my favorite movie genres. And Red Dead Redemption comes the closest. It, it comes the closest to making you feel like an actual cowboy in mm. an actual Western movie. Mm. You know, it, mm. it, I've never actually been able to feel like that in a computer game before I played Red Dead Redemption 2. And it's, an, it's a masterpiece. Mm. The complexity of that game, the size of it. I'd have no idea how they could do what they did. Yeah, an entire, an entire world. 
it's, and it's not really even procedural. It's an actual no, world no, with, with stuff yeah, in it's it, crafted. which it's happen and hand placed stories. Yeah, it's yeah. incredible, and and just the nuance of that game. You know, you can play it in so many different ways. You can you can choose to be an utter asshole, you know, outlaw. Mm. You can try and be honourable, which is a better gameplay style for me, I think, because it makes it more difficult. Um, you just can't, can't go around, like, hacking children to death. Yeah, and it's got atmosphere. And, I mean, you could literally spend two hours just fishing, you know. You could make it your task to just go and fish in various fishing spots in the world. And it's <laughs> the mechanic of fishing is, is fun enough Sure. To hold your attention for at least a couple yeah. of hours. Yeah, and you can you can suspend disbelief long enough to realize that you aren't wasting your life doing virtual exactly. fishing yeah. in or a hunting. virtual game. You know, going yeah. hunting or yeah, exactly. foraging. There's so many side quests and stories where you never get into the main story. It's a magnificent game. Yeah, It's got great voice artistry. It's got great music. It just has the whole era captured mm. brilliantly mm. Uh, so that that was by hands down for me my favorite game of the year yeah no look rockstar know their shit hey mm. when and they you know i mean the original red dead redemption i remember playing that on like yeah. ps2 or something right you know it was a fucking long time ago so i mean you just know that they've either been you know mulling over the concepts yeah. uh, for the sequel or or actively building the sequel mm. for you know over a decade and um, and it shows the quality of Red Dead Redemption. Well, I can is... believe that it took that long. Mm. Oh, of course. Of but course. Rockstar is very strong in story. I mean, they obviously got Max Payne as well. Yeah. And those stories were brilliant. Yeah, even even the Grand Theft Auto series. I mean, mm. I know it's it's seen as this kind of you know aggressively violent kind of thing. But yeah. if you've ever played the single player campaign for any of the Grand mm. Theft Autos, at least since Vice City or onwards, you'll know that the the stories are quite intricate and yeah. and and very heavily leaning on the noir stereotypes mm. of the of the uh, age mm. in which are set you know I haven't actually played any Grand Theft Auto at all no are you serious yeah I just kind of missed out on that I just You're I just kind of like oh I thought I, I think I bought into the hype of or some of the criticism of it to say it's a bit empty it's just sort sure. of violent and stupid mm. look I think the first ones were um or at least the you know the the, the original Grand mm. Theft Autos, but in the move to 3D and, and Varsity in particular, which was like the first one that really had a, a, a real storyline going right. for it. Um, and it was like saturated with the world of 80s cocaine and right. drugs and gangsters. Miami and Vice. My, it was. It was very. It mm. was Miami, actually, if I remember correctly. Varsity was Miami. Um, and, and each time they've touched on a new... Uh, you know, time and place, and they're very good at doing that. Is capturing the the period mm. in which it's set. You know, and um, the the I mean, I think um, they're busy working on six now, Grand Theft Auto six, but Grand Theft Auto five was like three stories in one. Okay, it was like a a low level mobster and a, a trailer trash crazy person and a kind of a little, uh, you know, kind of a, a hustler, a, a, a hood hustler kind of guy, and their their stories all come together. And yeah. they and and the way it comes together and you and you play them in different times at different parts of the game is very well done and it's nice. yeah no Rockstar I'm gonna give it a try maybe are, maybe absolutely. GTA Five will be my game of the year next mm. year yeah, give it a go how about yours Matt you always have some interesting stuff so if we're if we're basing it entirely on games played this year mm. then uh, and I've been trying to convince you to play this for like the last two months right. Um, my, my game of the year is it's an older game I think it's maybe released 2017 um, but uh, it's called Rimworld yeah. and it's a 
I'm sure most people know Dwarf Fortress, and it's a kind of Dwarf Fortress clone uh, in a way, although it's it kind of tackles the problems of Dwarf, Dwarf Fortress a little mm-hmm. bit differently. It's also very kind of um, unexceptional graphics. It's right. fun- more, more functional than anything else. Mm. Um, but the, the core gameplay loop is basically almost kind of infinite freedom. Right. You know, to, you know, the, the basic premise is that you've got a colony that's that you start on an unknown planet mm-hmm. and you've got to like, mine and you've got to you know make make your own clothing yeah. and you know everything down to you've got to feed crops and sow and, and, and harvest them at the right time and make you've got animals you've got to you know make leathers and so it's real colonist type stuff yeah absolutely there's a couple it, of games like that where you start from scratch basically and you have yeah. to start an entire society yeah see the the interesting thing though that this game does is that the the creators are very very specific about the fact that it's not a simulator and it's right. not a it's not a strategy game it's a story generator mm. so the whole concept is that Rimworld is about and and they've said it a couple of times is Rimworld is about loss the whole point of of stories come out of loss right. so they they make you very much care for your characters they call them pawns or colonists okay they make you very much care for it and then they send a swarm of rabid raccoons to come and wipe <laughs> out your entire colony right. because as you're burying your, the now decapitated remains of like your wife and child. Sounds great, man. This is you, some dark shit. No, it, it is dark shit. It really, really is. And But there's another side of the coin is that you can use that darkness. You know, mm. I was telling you earlier that you can create, you know, child soldiers and send them out into yeah. war. And you know, genetically engineer them. That's so what that I always thought we needed more of in the world. Is, <laughs> you know, child soldiers, child soldiers, yeah, and games which portray that. Yes, yes. Well, <laughs> we've hit gold here. We certainly have <laughs> struck a vein. Yeah, okay. Rimmel's excellent. It's it's more cerebral. Um, yeah. It's just come out of the very very big update, mm. um, which brings in kind of mechs and uh, okay. and that kind of thing. Um, mechs always fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and different types of mechs, and you know, it's but. Um, yeah, and biotechnology. Mm. But yeah, that, that's um, it, it. Probably, if I'd been playing it for the past five years, which I think is how long it's been out for, yeah, I almost certainly would have put it on my you know game of the year mm. list more than once. Um, but nice it's, selection. I, I'm going to try it definitely. You've yeah. you've, uh, you've you've some of your recommendations have been really good for me. I've I've played Suzerain this year as well, which yeah. was your last year's also ran. Yeah, great little game. So no, for sure, I'm mm. going to give it a shot. And then, and just want to another shout out to Stellaris, which mm-hmm. is you know uh, one of the most brilliant kind of four X sci fi right. um, strategy games, and is still being updated. Mm. Um, you know, there's a new a major update came out recently, and it's still just it's probably the best four X right. strategy game out there at the moment. You know, until they finally get Master of Orion four right. True, or maybe uh, is Civilization four X. Not really. Yeah, Civilization 4X, mm. but it's not sci-fi 4X. It's not. It's not sci-fi. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I did. I did play the hell out of Civilization 6 this year at the very me beginning too. of the year. No, me I really too. enjoyed it. Still a great game. Still a great game. I just it it kind of with all civilizations it reaches that kind of uh, tipping point where it's um, turn 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 yeah. turn 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 turn. You know, you're just now getting through the thing. Because yeah. you know you're so far ahead in everything that you're just trying to rush to the end. No, yeah. sure. There, there's that sort of fatigue which sets mm. in. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I would say my also ran was Battletech. I, I like that turn-based tactical yeah. game and play, and it's sci-fi, and it's mechs, and it's still an excellent game. Mm. I mean, you're going to spend 
hours just you know doing battles with that stuff and it's great it's like XCOM as well exactly yeah. very similar kind of stuff yeah how about we do one more one more category and then we're going to add to our IPA list okay I'm very keen for that cool so we've done a, a pet beer related peeve we've done some computer gaming mm-hmm. what about another beer one okay what is your favorite or best designed beer label of 2022 <sighs> So tough I've, one. Yeah, it is a tough one because I've got a I've got a local favorite and I've got an international favorite. Oh really? Yeah. Well, you can. I mean, you know, there are no rules here. I'm sure you can just say both. Okay. Well, let me let me say both. Um, the but neither of them are for a beer. They're for a brewery. Okay. And the first one is I finally got to taste um, a selection of beers from Brew Hogs up in Scotland. Right. Um, and I found each and every one of their beers, the cans, like. Just sublimely designed, okay. just absolutely brilliantly designed. The color, the, the 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 use of fonts, the you know they 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 managed to cram on all the beer geekery stuff um, with a lot of playfulness, um, and I I really enjoyed the mm-hmm. hell out of that. I thought that was really really cool. And then and then my local favorite is, and it's only because we've been asking them to do it for like eight years <laughs> can only imagine what's coming now. <laughs> yeah. and they finally and they finally did mm. do it and it was it, it was really it's not a bad redesign you yeah. know it's you know it wasn't like oh my god this is the greatest design beer in the, of the world but mm. it was like that solid it it retains a lot of the feeling from the old right. labels while still realizing mm. that you know yes. we can move forward into and the i feel future. like we should mention it since we have been so vociferous in our criticism <laughs> yes uh, Agar's Brewery yeah. finally changed. You finally did it, Agar's. Finally changed the labels. Well done. Finally changed the labels, and it's a, a solid effort. It's a solid effort. It's a solid um, effort. We may well have one of those new label mm. beers today. Mm, that's right. Uh, in our tasting. That's right. But I agree with you, Agar's. You know, again, it's not going to win a design award, but it is so mm. much better than the original label. Yeah. It does justice to what is really a good beer. Yeah. Or a range of beers. Range of beers. Um, and it's yeah. for me. It's really nice being able to read the name of the beer yeah. on the label. <laughs> like that was a exactly. it was such a. It's like having to slant it in the light inside the mm. bottle store to to make sure I'm buying the right yeah. beer. It's like, uh, and it, it just I think it cheapened the brand. It, it looked mm. low rent mm. when it was in fact not a low rent beer. You know, That's and it. it was fine yeah. for you know when you you come out first up and it's like out of your garage and mm. like you need something to slap on the bottle okay cool that's great yeah but now you're like you're in pick and pay guys <laughs> put some fucking effort in yeah. you know no, so so, right. so yeah yes absolutely well done that's just genuinely just so happy for them yeah no agreed agreed well done agars for best label of 2022 <laughs> local brewery you've heard it here first yeah folks. Yeah, Matt, it, yeah. Who happens to be in the design industry <laughs> has selected this <laughs> as the greatest fucking label in Johannesburg. Matt's entire brand is just tanked. I love it. I love seeing someone uh, slowly die on yeah. the podcast. No, it's fine. I've realized what I've done to myself. <laughs> Luckily, I can now get Agos on tap. So exactly. I'm, I'm going there. So I've got one which I was sort of initially didn't really like it that much, and it sort of grew on me. Yeah. And now I, th- I thought, well, that's a great idea. Um, it's a local brewery. It's in Armanus, and it's called Tin Hat Brewing Company. And they've got a range of beers. Now, now I'm just going to mention one, but they're all pretty much the same design. And I like their IPA, which is called Sheer Courage. And I don't know if you ever read these little comic books when you were a kid, Matt, but I used to mm. be addicted 
to these black and white A5 comic books, which were Second World War comics, right? It was always Second World War. They were drawn in, in line drawing black and white. Good art, usually. And, you know, dramatic stories of Second World War. Yeah, yeah. Daring I know do. exactly which one. You, like, and it I, was always called, like, Charles of the Allies. And, yeah, and you know. I read thousands of these things. Mm, I, mm. I was kind of, like I said, kind of really addicted to them. An uncle of mine uh, collected them, and I, I read through his whole collection and then started buying my own. And it probably, you know, influenced me negatively as a youngster because you probably shouldn't be reading that much war stuff. Yeah. Uh, um, but it did, it did make me very interested in Second World War history, which is one of my, my hobbies which I still pursue today. Albeit now, I I think I'm getting my my information from better sources than comic books, but the the draw, drawing style was so distinctive, uh, and and Tinat Brewing Company has used this drawing style on all their beers. Mm. So the IPA is called Sheer Courage. What's also actually very nice is they they highlighting South African war heroes in each of the beers. So Sheer Courage are, are these is actual people. These are actual people. It's not just the yeah you know. So they've got Sailor Milan, who's a famous um, South African ace pilot in their lager. They've got uh, the IPA is is highlighting the the courage of, again, also the story of a lot of black South Africans who fought in the Second World War who didn't get a lot of recognition, mm. obviously, at the time. Um, and people who won medals and stuff for massive heroism. And so each of the beers has a specific South African hero which it portrays. It's just nice. I mean, it's got that comic font, but not Comic Sans. You know, no, no, no. But it's, it is. It's very much like the. You yeah. know, you know what, what? What it makes me think of is um, you used to get the the, the boys annuals mm. at the end of every mm. year. Mm. You know, like mm. throughout the and it used to be exactly. like the, there was a there was the soccer one and there was the war one and it was like the Wolf of Kabul. Yeah. You know, and it was it's that kind of art. It's that that very thick black line drawing. Yeah, Black and white. Very linger clear. The, d- the design is unbelievable. It sits well. Also, they've, they've put some thought into everything they do. So if you order a mixed case or a case of beer, the, the packaging it looks like an ammo case. The boxes are ammo cases. It's brilliant. With, uh, the actual Old Turn Hat Brewery logo is brilliant. Mm. It's, uh, it's like a, um, a belt. Uh, what is yeah. the... the, the like the, the Scouts belt. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's incredible. That's it's really so kind of cool. It's, it, it, it just really hit the nostalgic notes for me. Made me think of all those comics I used to read as a kid. Um, you know, it made me think of my granddad, who, who was, in fact, a decorated warrior in Second World War as well. I mean, lots of really cool stuff, you know, and, and I think it just pays homage to a part of South African history which is often overlooked, you know. Um, I'm... 100% buying a mixed case right now. Yeah, I think it's well worth it. So everyone should go out and support them. They're in Hermanus. I think they're part of a larger brewing collective called the Spirit of Hermanus. So they've got gin, um, Folk and Good, uh, another brand we know quite, quite well, also comes from there. Um, so they're, you know, there's Shit. several stuff happening here. Yeah, wait, hang on a sec. Yeah, there's more here. I can't just buy the mixed old tin hat. There's other stuff here. Yeah. Fiddlers, Folk so and Good. So very cool stuff. Well, we've had folk and good. We have had folk and good, yeah. And we've liked it. We so have, well done, yeah. Tenet. Uh, apart from Agars, you've won Best <laughs> Label. <laughs> You're never going to live this down. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not, I'm not. But, Especially when people actually look at the difference between the old Ten Hats. And but nonetheless, the creative work is due. I think Agars nah, for sure. deserves recognition for what they've done. Look, the thing is, 
I'm quite happy that they've been concentrating on getting their beer into slightly more places than just their brewery floor. Mm, mm. And I would settle for that any day. Indeed. So. You know, good for that. I haven't actually seen them on tap. You, you're saying that oh, they are on tap. A couple of places, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's no, good to know. A couple of places. Uh, they're, they're concentrating on that kind of Lanceria area. Right. Um, but, but yeah, absolutely. Mm. Cool, man. So All that's right. best beer label of the year. Good Done job. Done, Dustin. Good job. We're moving rapidly through this. Yes. I think that um, the next one should probably be TV related because, man, mm. you're one of... Mm. You're one of the great TV watchers, mm. I know. Yeah. You really are. Not, not, not always not, by choice, by the way. But seriously, you are. You're, you're a great TV aficionado, and I, I look to you often for TV recommendations and knowledge. Thank you. Thank um, you very much. I enjoy that. Despite I, the fact that you disparage some of my choices, <laughs> and I, I also find some of yours hilariously yeah, stupid. Yeah, absolutely nightmarish. Your, your ongoing fascination with New Amsterdam being one of them. Yeah, you know, one of the wettest. I'd prefer if you didn't mention that on the fucking most horrible shows podcast, I've ever babe. watched. I don't think that's fair. You know. <laughs> well, I'm, I fully mentioned my love of of Kim's convenience last. Oh, time, that's true. Which and you that was me very for. embarrassing. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's that's fine. So I just paid you back there. That's fine. But we can edit it on post. <laughs> so, um, don't let anybody tell you. Yeah. Um, all right. Cool. Well. Uh, well. Do you want to go first? Tell me some TV. Right. So let's let's start with your favorite best ongoing TV series. Mm-hmm. So, so meaning mm-hmm. it's a TV series which is currently ongoing or will be ongoing if it's maybe you know got a forthcoming uh, series uh, to start. Yeah. And um, but it, it certainly is still active. But it didn't have to. The, the main criteria is it didn't have to begin in 2022. It probably well it didn't. No, no. If it's ongoing, yeah. then it's probably been for a, a year yeah. or two before that as well. Exactly. Mm. So, what's yours, man? So mine, mine is not. It's not the best mm. on TV. It's not. I know it's not. Right. I just get a very particular kind of thrill from watching it. Right. Because of what it means to me in my geekdom, mm. and. And I also am very well aware of the fact that it is going to very, very soon go down the toilet. Right. Um, because so of changes. It must be at season five by now. It, it's, it's actually, <laughs> no, surprisingly, they've actually just finished, I think, season two or three. Right, okay. Um, but there are big, big changes happening mm. in the next season or two. The main actor's leaving to be replaced by a kind of vague simulacrum of himself. Wow. Um, but, but, and I, yeah, like I say, I know it's not the best show on yeah. TV, but seeing The Witcher. Uh, uh, you know, come to life mm. with Henry Cavill is truly astounding, and mm. and I, I've loved every minute of it that, yeah. that I've watched so far. Okay, I like I loved season one. I yeah. couldn't really get past the middle of season two. Oh, really? I lost interest. Really? I mean, I'll probably finish it. I just sort of started losing interest in it. That's that's very sad. Mm. That's very very sad. Um, look, I think that there are some slow moving mm. points in season two. But um, I think it, it finishes on a very high note, and I, and I, again, just for the sheer joy that Henry Cavill's taking out right. of being Geralt, you know, mm. I think it's just it's worth watching almost just for that. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I love The Witcher as an ongoing series. Um, there, you know, there's others that I've really, really enjoyed, um, but but for me, it's the one that I'm looking forward to the most to for season for the next season at least, and then. I can let it go forever okay. because Henry Cavill will be leaving. I did not know this. Yeah. To be taken over by one of the Hemsworths and not the sexy one. 
Oh, the lower end one. Yeah, the one that they get to. It's like the it's like the Baldwin brothers in a way, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? It's like yeah, yeah. What are we going to do? We can't get Alex. Oh, that's fine. Get Daniel. Yeah. Oh, there's a Daniel. There's a Daniel Baldwin. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. No, I mean, look, I'm sure Liam Hemsworth is a lovely man, but he must understand that he's taking over from someone who was like a real fan of the source material and did everything mm. he could for that to shine through in the show. Yeah. Look, I think Cavill is a great act. He's, he's got geek credential. Yeah, big time. You know. Yeah, he built his own PCs. I know. That was like his, his lockdown thingy yeah. videotape, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's cool. I like it. Look, I will finish the season two. I, it stalled out for me somewhere. I don't know what it was in, mm. in the show, which mm. started annoying me a little bit. But it's something there which just kind of started really grating for me. Yeah. But I uh, loved the first season. Mm. If you haven't seen the first season, I highly recommend it. It's one mm. of the best fantasy TV shows I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. Just judging season one. Yeah, you know? it was excellent. Absolutely excellent. Yeah. So mine is, I, I just double-checked. So I don't know if this is ongoing. I mean, it, it seems as though they are not renewing it past season six now. Oh, okay. But, well, season six is... But but it, it did, the last season, depending on where you are in the world, did come out in South Africa this year. So I think I can still kind of swing it as an ongoing TV series. And it is thoroughly in my one of my most favorite genres, as most of you know, is Police Procedural. Mm. Actually, I've got two picks here because I couldn't really decide. And they're both Police Procedural, but one is almost slapstick serial comedy and the other one's hardcore drama almost melodrama but the, I'll go with the first drama one which is my first pick and it is it is some of the most compelling television I have ever watched ever 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 the grief in the sense where myself and my better half we're watching seasons where we knew we should really go to bed now because we have work tomorrow but you were still going but we went until two o'clock in the morning and then we were completely stuffed the next day of course and we did it all over again the next day. It was that good. <laughs> yeah. And that yeah. is Line of Duty. Yeah. It's a, a British series. Um, each new se- each season basically revolves around a particular... The, the unit is like their AI, the internal affairs unit who, who investigates dirty cops. And each season is just about one dirty cop they're trying to nail. Um, and the central cast are the, the officers who mm. investigate. And it's a tour de force of acting... Um, I mean, it's just incredible. Each and and they usually take quite a prominent actor as the dirty cop who is being investigated. So it's it's some really good actors mm. who they select. Um, just incredible. I mean, it's some of the best television I've ever seen, and I I couldn't quite figure out what it is. I still don't really know. It's just the writing is so good that it's so compelling, and 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 edge of your seat and unexpected twists and turns. What an incredible show! I mean, it just is one of the very best TV shows. If you haven't watched, just do yourself a favor and do any any season. Actually, would be fine. There's not a there is. It's like one of these, you know, albums where there's not a single bum track. Yeah, it's like all classics, wall to wall. And maybe that's why they haven't renewed it because all six seasons are stellar. Mm. There is not a single season which yeah. is not. It's like the, it's like the wire, good. basically. Yeah, you know, it's just like it's as good as it gets. Yeah, I mean, there's a few notes which. Sometimes don't hit completely, but then it, it's quickly replaced by a new episode, which makes you forget the previous one. So, Line of Duty. And then the other one is Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which definitely is ongoing and has been renewed for a new season. Is it really? Yeah. I did not know that. Definitely. I had said goodbye to Brooklyn no, Nine-Nine. No, it's still going. So Are you serious? Yep. 
Yeah, still there. so their final season came out. Well, so far, final season came out this year, but they definitely uh, that still is going. that is crazy. I'm I'm blown away by that. I honestly thought that they had uh, that they'd finished that off. Okay, brilliant. Yeah. I love Brooklyn Nine Nine. I love Brooklyn Nine Nine. It's a lovely show. It's brilliant. It's yeah. brilliant. I never thought I would actually like Andy mm. Samberg, but there you go. Things change. Yeah, he's he's. A, well, I mean, it's got obviously you know Andre Brower who. Of who's, who's who's the star of my other favorite TV show of all time, which is Homicide. Homicide, yeah. And there is a lovely episode where he actually pays homage to that character in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Really? Yeah. So it's I can't remember. It's called The Box. It's somewhere in season three or yeah. I think season three. Because remember, in, in in Homicide, they called the interrogation room the box. So that's the first clue. When you see the yeah, title, when you already see the you box, start you're thinking like, oh, Homicide. Then the the main criminal is this dentist who killed someone in a very creative way, and this actor. He was famous, but I can't remember his name. Actually, credited Andre Brower's performance in Homicide for getting him into acting. So he asked to be on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh, okay. And they decided to do a sort of homicide nod, and and he actually Brower makes fun of his old character a little bit because he's in in the first couple of scenes, he's about to go to a show, and then you know Jake needs to interview this guy, and, and Andre Brower's character says, "No, don't worry." And Captain Holt says, "No, I'll, I'll, I'll I haven't done a good in, uh, interrogation in a while. Mm, I miss mm, it, you mm. know." And then he kind of goes through the moves of his old character in Homicide. So he says, "Like, you know, so talking really loud, and then talking really quietly, <laughs> leaning." You know? So he, he basically gives you the playbook. Yeah, yeah. He's like, of, "Now we do this." He does yeah. the playbook good of Pimble- bad Pimbledon. You know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Absolutely. Okay, well, I'm I'm very happy to hear that it's still going. I think it is. It is. I might be completely wrong. I, I People was, might be shouting at the podcast right now. I was fully under the uh, the the misconception that yeah. it, that it was finished. eight seasons so far. Yeah, but maybe I'm wrong because now it says yeah, maybe it's the final season, the eighth season. Good lord, have I got this whole category wrong? Probably. I, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, anyway, well, there uh, it is. Can I also throw in another shout out mm. because it's a it's I think it's on season it's fin- just finished season three. Um, but I, I love every single thing about it, every single time I watch it. Yeah. Um, and it's what we do in the shadows. You said you liked that. I, I adore it. And they came out, they had another season, which is mm. wonderful because it should have a new season every year. Yeah. Forever. Cause no, it's, it's fun. It's a fun show. Yeah, it is. It's more, it's more than fun. It's, it's, it's life. It's life. <laughs> it's life. It's life. You heard it here first. <laughs> it's life. So I think we should have another beer, man. I'm yeah, all done I'm, with my. I'm getting very thirsty. My breakfast beer. Yeah. I think it's time for us to add something to the IPA leaderboard. Okay. Okay, Matt. It is that time of the day where we're going to be adding another IPA to our IPA leaderboard. Mm-hmm. And just for those who have just uh, discovered the podcast, this is where we. It's it's our version of putting a star in a well priced car, kind of thing. What? In what? How is it like that? Well, that's how it started. Because it's an ongoing leaderboard. We're adding... Okay, but I mean, that's where the similarity stops. Oh, yes. But, you know, I'm, I'm clinging to any similarity <laughs> to a known well, and recognized show. Sure, sure. With actual credibility. I, I hear you. There we go. I hear you. So it's an ongoing... Where Matt and I try and remember what we tasted two years ago in putting this thing into the leaderboard. But that's fine. Because we're not trying to be scientific here. Mm-hmm. We use a completely subjective 10-point scale which can have any fraction, um, you know, with no increments smaller than 0.25. Mm. Um, which is also a new addition. It used to be 0.5s. Yeah, well, we just have like to point we, that out. We have to do it. Otherwise, it's just going to have, you know, like 15 beers at number five. Yeah. Uh, just to remind everyone, just to situate ourselves here, 
as to where we are on the leaderboard. I'm just going to give you the top five and maybe the bottom two. Mm. So the top five at the moment, for the first time ever, we have a South African beer at the top five, and that is Juicy Lucy by Devil's Peak, their excellent New England IPA, which is an overall score of nine out of ten at the moment. Mm. Laguanitas oh. is second mm-hmm. with their white IPA, the little something-something. At 8.75, number three is Skeleton Coast IPA from Jack Black with a, with a reasonable 8.5. Mm. Number four. I'd like to revisit that score mm. at some point in time. Perhaps, yeah. Uh, number four, another American beer by Stone Breweries, Ruination, their double IPA. And then coming in at joint number five, we've got Laguanitas IPA by Laguanitas and Cape Cone IPA by the excellent Soul Barrel Brewing Company. Yeah. Okay, bottom two. Propping up the table, Love Buzz by the Kennel Brewery. Their New England mm. IPA was not impressive. Mm. And, of course, I think which will remain forever the bottom of the table is Firebird IPA. <laughs> by the no, let's now, not say that. The now let's, defunct, out of business, Red Rock. Let's, let's not say Oh, are they? Are they? They're done. Are they gypsies? Yeah. In uh, any event, uh, you know, we are going to try another. Uh, we're going to do our first IPA for today's show. It is a controversial Oh, really? Type of IPA. Oh, really? Because it's our not so liked session IPA style. Uh, yeah. But, you know. Goods, goods and bads. Goods, goods and bads. And bad. But this is by a brewery I have a great deal of respect for, which I have had many good beers from. And it is Richmond Hill Brewing Company. Yeah. They're from Port Elizabeth. And we're going to try their The Upside session IPA. Mm. I'll, uh, I'm going to try and get some photos. Mm. Love that label. Nice. Love that label. I mean, Richard, uh, they won my best label of the year last, last year. Last year, I remember. Um, their labels are always fun. I mean, it's it's just always good. Love that label. Ooh. Ooh. Being from Foley. Oh. Oh, it's making me thirsty. And they uh, yeah, excellent design label. All their labels are different. They, they just have a consistent logo. But other than that, there's no label really I've seen yet, which is mm. very... I mean, their core range probably is kind of similar. But um, this is a very well-designed label. Now, just to remind everyone, the, the rules of the game of the IPA leaderboard is if there is an absolute tie, we we sometimes use branding as a deciding mm. factor. And also, Matt's rating gets more weighting than mine because he tends to be slightly more forgiving than I am. <laughs> well, that might change. But yeah. for now, that's the Yeah, rule. I've had a tough year. Let's just, let's just keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah. Let's look at it in the glass here, Matt. I mean, it looks pretty good. It's got a rocky white head. It's got, it's a, got a lovely head, a nice, uh, quite, yeah. a, quite a dense head. Slightly um, hazy, but not, not in a turbid way. So clear hazy, which means probably dry hopping mm, or something like that. Quite light for an IPA as well. Yeah. Very, very straw. And in keeping with their, their principles of labeling, they, they give you a lot of nice beer geek some, information. Yeah, they tell you the malt, the hops. Yeah, so pulls the malt, Carahel, and some hops I've not actually had before. Equa, Equinot. Equinot and Nectaron, which are some of the new varieties, which, you know, there's constantly new ones coming out. Yeah. They sound very hybridy. You mm. know, those are the kind of words. Very much so. Uh, yeah. I, from, you know, the, 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 what I love about the can is I like the fact that it's this entirely black and white design. Mm. Um, very, very comic-y, yeah. you know, kind of glyphs on the can itself. Mm. And then this beautiful burst of this dark pink. Yeah. You know, they do color very well in their be- It's beautifully done. Mm. Um, it's also very seldom that you can see uh, kind of 
comic sansy fonts <laughs> which work that work yeah um and this absolutely does it really really looks good on it i wonder if that's not that that revi- the the revitalized comic sans one guy brought out yeah i don't, I don't think it's comic sans per se but yeah. I, it's definitely in the family um but it's it's really beautifully done it's very nice there's a, what i also really like is they've managed to get a lot of white space on here you know it looks very yeah. clean while still having that very messy illustration on it so yeah that's that's really really good branding good stuff very 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 good branding i'd like to know who their designer is yeah i mean I, and i think actually i speak in a correction but i think they use local artists for all their labels mm. um which is always great and i think that's fantastic to support your local artists uh, I, I actually think there's a the artist twitter handle on on the actual design oh nice yeah so i'll definitely go and look him up or her up that's great Mm, That's so really, really nicely I done. I think, actually, this is the first time we are featuring a Richmond Hill um, Brewing Company IPA. I don't, yeah, I don't, don't have that many IPAs, really. Mm. So this is one of the first ones we're, we're reviewing. So I'm looking forward to getting them onto this list. Yeah. What's the, what's the nose like, Marcel? I'm getting a lot of pineapple. Yeah, I'm getting some... Pineapple and lemon, right? Like some conventional IPA notes. Mm-hmm. Citra-ish, and maybe that's that that citron or whatever they the. There's maybe a hybrid of citra with something else. Who knows? I'm starting to lose touch with all the new yeah, hop all varieties. the different types of hops. Not not a not a super strong aroma. No, but there's definitely tropical notes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You can immediately tell this is either an APA or an IPA. Beautiful. I love the lacing. It's really yeah. such a nice head. Like Great that lacing. Promises a, yeah, a really crunchy beer, you know. For sure. So let's try the the uh, session IPA. I think uh, again, it is a style we've been a little skeptical of. Mm. Mm. I think that's quite tasty. That's lovely. Definitely that's lovely. getting that slightly grainy pills in the malt flavor, um, which which they put in, which is interesting for an IPA because mm. mostly you would use pale malts for IPAs traditionally, but for the session IPA, maybe they're looking for a crisper, cleaner malt. Style and it certainly is crisp. It's a mm. very very crisp taste. Uh, it is a bit more malt forward than I mm. would have expected from a session IPA. True. And I have to wonder whether they're not maybe using lager yeast. I don't know. Um, or if anything, a very clean ale yeast, something like an American yeah. ale yeast, which hasn't got a lot of residual flavor. Yeah, but um, it's definitely bitter. No, no, but it's 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 almost it's more bitter than I expected. Mm. Uh, the session mm. IPAs you normally expect them to mm. you know to have the the kind yeah. of clarity and the and the crispness, but mm. without a lot of the crunch. True. But this this is actually straddling that session IPA conventional IPA. You're line. quite right. I mean, that's actually what I was about to say. It's somewhere in between mm. the typical session IPA and a more conventional IPA. I um, like it. I mean, if I'm going session IPAs, this is more the yeah. route I would take than the ones that are. You know, FOPAs. Well, this is not a FOPA. Look, it's still 5% alcohol, so it's not very low in alcohol. Um, but it's it certainly mm. is... I think what, what it achieves by using the Pilsner malt and, and having reasonably high carbonation is it cleans your tongue quite effectively. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have a lot of residual flavor, yeah. so you can doesn't build up. Yeah, that's the session part of it. And that is perhaps the session part mm. of it, yeah. Um, certainly the hop varieties are interesting. I mean, it has a kind of a unique tropical lemony uh, flavor. And I think that's what the malt balances out quite nicely. Mm. Is, I mean, it's not super citrus. You can get those flavors, but yeah. they wash away quite nicely. Um, Very nice. That's a lovely, lovely, lovely beer. Again, as I would expect from Richmond Hill, I haven't had a single bad beer from them ever. 
And this is yet another one that can add to the long list of achievements in, in this yes. country's brewing. It's, it's holding that carbonation beautifully as well. Yeah. The head, I mean, this is at the bottom of my glass. Mm. Still. Very, very nice. I, I like it. It's a tight beer. Actually, I would hazard to say this is the first session IPA I've had, which I can sort of kind of Gen- understand yeah. as one, and yeah. I would get it again. Uh, I get what they're trying to do here. Yeah. I get, I get the point of this session IPA. Because exactly. it's a, it's still an IPA, mm. it doesn't lose all of the yeah. qualities of an IPA got, to make it IPA easily cred. drinkable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Look, if you hate bitter beers, you still won't like this beer, which actually is a no, good criteria for me. Absolutely, for a session IPA, it shouldn't be something which anyone would have and we would would not be distinguishable as an IPA. It should it, be an IPA, but for an IPA drinker who needs something more sessionable, yeah. that's what you're looking for. Yes. If you don't like bitter beers, why are you drinking a session IPA? Why are you having anything with IPA? Or if you're a brewer, why make something which is essentially an American pale ale mm. or even less than that yeah. and call it IPA? Because that makes me think that you're just marketing. Exactly. You're you just know. piggybacking. Yeah. But this is not that. This is a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous beer. I love it. It's clean. I love it. I can actually, it's, it's interesting that I can taste the Pilsner Maltier more than I can someone's in actual Pilsners. Mm. But it's probably because actual Pilsners are very bitter. And, and are very hoppy in, in many ways. Where here I can actually taste that slightly grainy, slightly sandiness of yeah. the Pilsner Yes, yes, um, I hear exactly And I like saying. that, I like that. That is a, such a perfectly put together beer. Definitely dry up, I think that's why we have a slight haziness. Because in, in a session IPA you almost certainly have to dry up. Because mm. it is one way of introducing hop flavor without adding bitterness. Mm. Um, great beer. I am a little bit worried because this is a damn nice beer. Mm. And I'm not sure where I'm going to put it. I know exactly where I'm going to put it. Mm-hmm. In your belly. <laughs> Down my gullet. <laughs> deep into the darkest fucking recesses of my stomach. That's a wonderful image, man. I uh, <laughs> can is, hardly uh, yeah. contain myself. This is some inner space shit. <laughs> now, there's a great movie I need to mm. rewatch, right? Yeah, dude. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Gina Davis in that? Gina Davis? No. No, no, no. she's not. No, no. No. Uh, you see, I always, I always err on the side of Meg Ryan because I always put I think her you're right. Dennis Quaid. She, Dennis Quaid, yeah, yeah, you're right. It is Meg Ryan. Mm. Yeah. And, then, and then Martin Short, Martin if I remember great, correctly, yeah. is the one. Martin that he, Short might appear a little later in one of my list items, actually. Oh, uh, uh, I know. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I was going to. Well, if you're saying that, then I know exactly what one of your items is. Mm. This is delicious. Getting back to this, this beer. This is delicious. I now, if this were on tap in our local pub, man, this would be the only thing I would drink. I would have a lot of this. I would definitely have a lot. Of, I would have a lot of this. I would have a lot. I I just cannot believe that it's retaining so much of that mm. structure. You know, I'm at the bottom of the glass. I've been holding it this entire time. Yeah, the head is still nice and dense mm. and lacy. And look, some of that's from the Carahel. Carahel is one of those malts which you can use for head retention. Which is great. That's so it's a clever idea. Yeah. Because also, your, the more hops you add to a beer, the more head retention starts going because hop mm. oils have an influence on head retention. But, the, but the, the real excellence there is, I mean, I'm very sensitive to that malty flavor. Mm. And I find, that it, I find it very overpowering in yeah. beers. And I'm, I'm finding it very, very well balanced in this one mm. against all the elements. I've got a score. I've got a score. I've got a score. I've got a score. It's a big score. No, mine's pretty high. <laughs> mine's <laughs> mine, mine's so I'll, I'll, Shall I give okay, mine? Give me yours. But I don't want you to be influenced by it. I'm, I'm, okay, I'm locking, in. I'm locking lock, in my score. He's I'm locking in, in the score. score. Yeah. He is locking yeah. it into a little plastic widget as yes. we speak. Yeah. My score, Matt. Yes. Cue game show music. 
is 8.25. Okay. All right. I'm giving it eight and a quarter. Yeah. That's a good score. And I, for me, that's a good score. That's a good score. That puts it in my top 10 for sure. Yeah. But this should be in your top 10. Hmm. This should absolutely be in your top 10. It's a lovely, lovely especially, beer. Especially for a style that we've been suspicious of. True. For it to blow those expectations yeah. away, I think it deserves And I've always thought there should that. be some good session IPAs out there. Yeah. And this is one of them. Yeah. Make me an IPA that I can drink mm. more regularly. That's basically what And having now it. had quite a bit of it, there's no palate fatigue. Mm. There's no build-up for me. Mm. Uh, I can still taste really well afterwards. It hasn't destroyed my palate. Mm. Um, very clean finish. Still flavor depth. Uh, make no mistake. But Love it. Lovely. Love it, lovely. What's your score, man? Um, I'm, in, I'm also taking into account how fucking gorgeous that can is. True. They have I, to get some props. I love it. I absolutely yeah. love it. Props for the And design. I think it's beautifully put together. Mm. I'm giving it an 8.5. Wow, that's a big score, man. I'm giving it an 8.5. It's a lovely beer. It's a big score. And, and I think it's well-deserved. Um, you know, unfortunately, they don't have a lot of IPAs, those Richmond Hill, but their other beers are so good that mm. it's almost a pity because they would definitely feature on our lists more. Um, so that that puts That's it. I'm I'm solid. sort of just eyeballing this now, but yeah, I think it puts it in the top five. It's maybe in the top five, or maybe just below the yeah. top five. So that's great. Well, that's a reasonable thing for, a, especially for a brewery that's not putting out a lot of IPAs. Exactly. And isn't exactly well versed in the ways of IPAs. Well, I wouldn't say that. I think they've got a lot of on tap and limited edition IPAs which never see the can but, and never make it up here as well. Well, you know, nothing makes it up here. <laughs> we live in the sticks, man. We live in the fucking doldrums. Actually, horse attitudes. I think this is our new number five. There Sing, we go. Single standing for yeah. now, number five. And and um, it's just bumped. Um, I think Lagunitas IPA off number five. See, but Lagunitas has been up there a while. And Cape Cod. Um, I think it's well-deserved. I well really deserved, do. Yeah. I think for it to be a session IPA and break expectations mm. like it does, um, I think that that's fantastic. Well done, Richmond I, Hill. I, on a personal note, I also think that I need to get involved in a little bit more Richmond Hill. No, you shouldn't. Booze. I mean, I love their Amber Ale, which is my favorite, and it's one yeah. of their core um, ranges, Kopok. Yeah. John, I think, or Kopak uh, Joe, yeah. is a lovely amber ale. Excellent work. That's one you discussed at the end of last year. Yeah. Kopak Joe. Exactly. Let's go into some more television, mm. shall we? Mm. Since mm, we mm, are mm, there mm. now. Mm, 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 mm. I think I may have, just for the listeners who are still screaming at their uh, you know, listening devices, I probably got the ongoing TV series completely wrong. I think Brooklyn Nine-Nine <laughs> is actually done. Yeah. I think Line of Duty yeah. might not be reviewed, but I'm not changing it. I am... No, stand I've, by these things. I have made my decision. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you like, like you the, fucked up. Like, like the, all the people who voted for Brexit and are now really <laughs> re- regretting it. Yeah, and I uh, stand by my decision. Exactly. All those incredibly <laughs> old people in council houses, yeah. they can't... They can't get anyone to deliver their Amazon deliveries yeah. because they're all foreigners. And now, you know, everything, nothing has really changed except now they have to, now they can't get the nice brie cheese anymore Egg, for their yeah. cheese and biscuit evening. Exactly, exactly. Yes, you bloody idiots. Yeah. Anyway, perfectly fine, that, you yeah, fucking that idiot. Worked, that worked out perfectly well. Yes. Um, okay, so what are we, what, what, is the, what is the question? Let's go for the best new television series launched in 2022. That's great. I've got two solid ones. Okay. Which I couldn't decide upon, and I got a particular. I got a shout out. It's not the best, but I kind of enjoyed it. Well, so best TV show launched in 2022. First is Slow Horses, which is on Amazon, I think. I've never even heard of that. With Gary Oldman, who is brilliant. 
Um, Gary Oldman's in it. A lot of young actors you have not seen before who are great. Um, it is based on the spy thriller series by Mick Heron. Oh, uh, th- this is right up your alley. It is brilliant. I've actually, it was weird. I started reading Mick Heron's Slow Horses series of books. It's on Apple. And uh, it's on Apple. That's why I have it. And, and, and just by pure chance, I, I read that, oh, they've made it into a TV series. So I started watching it, and it is incredible. Um, it launched this year. It's ongoing. They're going to have new releases. I mean, if you read the books, Gary Alden is the perfect representative of this character. He's this, the character's name is Jackson Lamb. And the, the premise of the story is that if you fuck up in MI5, which is their domestic intelligence service, <laughs> yeah. you get sent to this place called Slough House. And they called slow horses as a result. Uh. And and Jackson Lamb, who is Gary Oldham, is also he's the head of this unit. He thinks everyone's a fuck up. He's super cynical. But you have, I, if I say you have never seen a character like this on television, I'm not kidding. Okay, this is a character who farts on television. <laughs> he literally has a fart, and then people kind of get disgusted by him. He is odious. He is physically and psychologically odious. He. He lives to, to torture his 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 you know subordinates in a way which you've never seen depicted on television, and yet there's a strange caring he has for them as well. This sounds incredible. Um, Kristen Scott Thomas is his counterpart, who's the director of actual MI5, or at least close to the top, and she's sort of the opposite. She is this debonair, as we know, Kristen Scott Thomas, beautiful human mm. being, mm. Um, but she kind of tolerates Jackson because you get the impression that he knows where all the bodies are buried. And has a lot of re- leverage. And they get involved in some pretty cool intelligence spy story stuff. Brilliant, brilliant show. Well worth it. If you're into spy and espionage fiction, which obviously I am. Yeah. Um, but this looks incredible. It's a wonderful, wonderful show. Really, really good. I I could not believe how good it was when I started watching it. Sounds my, so good. My second pick is, it was actually released for the first time last year in America, but it it only came to our shores here in South Africa in May of, of this year. And it is two classic comedians paired with a very young talent. It's Martin Short and Dean Martin. Oh, uh, Steve Martin. Steve sorry, Martin. In Only Murders in the Building. In the Building, yeah. Uh, with um, Gomez. Like, uh, Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez. That's right. Uh, she actually, to some extent, stole the show for me. She's surprisingly good. Great first season. She's it's now got a second good. season out. Wow. It's this real cozy murder mystery of these three amateur detectives who start investigating a murder in the building. They start a podcast about it, which is called Only Murders in the Building, which is the way the title comes from. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think it is Steve Martin back on form, for sure. It is um, Martin Short definitely back on form. Well, yeah, but I mean, Martin Short did like <clears throat> nothing for about yeah. 15 years. So, you He's know, back. good job on getting there. And I like, I like watching Martin Short actually does well uh, with the character... He's, he's both annoying and entertaining yeah, as a character. He's he's always had that kind of neurotic kind yeah. of attitude down pat. Like but not his, as not as neurotic and, and annoying as a, as a Woody Allen, for instance. No, 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 no. But like neurotic in terms of everything's falling apart, but we're going to get through it. Yeah. Whereas Woody Allen, you don't know if anyone's going to get through it. But I, I, I was impressed by Selena Gomez. I mean, I obviously mm. know her that she's a, a singer and with the whole Justin Bieber thing. Oh, look at you fucking keeping up with modern times. I know, right? Hey? Um, but she, as an actor, she works, man. She's really good. And she sometimes steals the show completely from these two veterans, you know? Like, you know, these guys are not flexing very much to get to deliver no. 
what they are. But she no, is sure. firing on all cylinders. She's yeah. compelling. She's interesting. Yeah. She's complex. She's she's very very good. Yeah, I like um, her. I yeah, I, d- I really didn't. I must say, like I always look very suspiciously mm. um, at these kind of singer artists yeah. who get like shoehorned into Hollywood sure. and, and television. Mm. But um, I, I found her excellent. Yeah. She's like she a natural. I mean, I, if I hadn't known that she was a singer, I would just think, well, this is a really talented young new yeah. actor. Right? Yeah, yeah. She was very compelling. I thought, I thought she, was, she was very, very good. And, and it's I a mean, great story. The, the show Funny, itself. dark. It's quite a lot of dark humor, I thought, in that story. Um, yes. And some yes pretty... And no, but I mean, there's also, there's no... Visceral uh, stuff. There's no peril. You know, no, it's not like you're worried. Not that, massive peril. You know. There's some visceral moments, I think, and, and some gross moments as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, overall, it is supposed to be a cozy, and it is a cozy. It, it is. It is. Like the podcast they listen to in the show, yeah. it's very much about, um, it, you know, falling into this world. Yes. You know, without, without you being ever in danger. Yeah. It's just like a, but as a, a very comfortable... Exactly. But as a good mystery story, it does well. It, it, uh, you know, it's easy. I think it would have been easy for them to be lazy in the writing, to say, well... We'll get Steve Martin and Martin Short to just carry the show. Yeah. But they didn't. The, the no, plot is actually complex. Surprisingly, it, It's yeah. got good elements in it. It's interesting. You want to see what's happening next. So I kind of enjoyed it. Okay. What's yours, man? Um, so I've got two best. I've got a shout out, but I'll, I'll give you the shout no, out you. No, you can save it. Um, the, the first one was absolutely phenomenal. Mm. Uh, it, it, it's like it harks back to kind of old television. It was... Just really brilliantly done, um, but it was based on the making of The Godfather, okay. and it was called The Offer. Right, and it's just just such an excellent, almost old Hollywood uh, show. You know, it, it takes its time. It's uh, it sets up the characters really beautifully. The thing is, everyone knows what happened with The Godfather. Obviously, mm. they made The Godfather. You know, it's okay. a, uh, this is a thing that actually existed. But, it, but how it got made and the making of and, and, and for anyone who's interested in Hollywood especially kind of that Ortier period in like the 60s and 70s and mm. early 80s of Hollywood um, it is it's such a beautiful little glimpse into that life you right. know seeing uh, you know Robert Evans mm. and, and, and Albert Ruddy and you know and young Al Pacino you know obviously all played mm. by actors who were just so brilliantly cast to look and sound like the people that they were that they okay. were playing but yeah, it's just brilliantly done. So, what it's channel brilliant. is that on? Um, I think it's HBO actually. Okay. I think it's an HBO thing. I saw it on on DSTV. Okay. What's it um, called again? It's called the Offer. The Offer. It's I'll figure it out. Yeah, it's it's very 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 cool and and well done. Um, to me, I've I've always been a bit of a, I've always had a bit of a thing for uh for Robert Evans. Mm. Uh, Robert Evans was like the, this insane Svengali type character okay. in the sixties and seventies yeah. in 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 American cinema. He was made head of Paramount, uh, kind of fresh out of right. basically knowing nothing about mm, film, mm. and he was he oversaw like their biggest hits for about you know a decade, including things like Love Story mm. and uh, and The Godfather, and okay. in which he had a very tumultuous relationship with right. uh, uh, Francis Ford Coppola. But um, he's played by Matthew Good, who's this mm. you know who's like this very, normally very kind of subdued. I think he I think he's Irish or English. Um, but he, but he chews the scenery right. with, as Robert. He like he, he's just this cocaine taking, champagne drinking, fucking 
you know, borderized version of yeah. your great grandfather, and it's okay. brilliant. It's just really, really, Sounds really, good. really, yeah. And you've often enjoyed TV shows about the movie industry or about I the TV do. industry. I do, I do, like I newsroom and yeah, those sort of things. very much so. I like, I like pulling the curtain back, mm. and you see behind the magic. How the sausage is made, absolutely. And I, you know, I do, I do enjoy that. Um, so that that definitely, you know, mm-hmm. it was it was good. Um, and then the other one that I would. I've just started. I've literally watched one episode, so I can't say it's the best, but I can say that it looks like it's going to be fantastic. Um, and that's on Disney is the new, uh, it's called Andor. Oh, right. So, you, I mean, you and I have had a bit of a relationship mm. with, um, Rogue, with Rogue, Ro- One. Rogue One. Mm. And uh, Andor was obviously one of the main characters. I also watched there. Andor, yeah. And um, so far, it's definitely drawn me in. It, it's been criticized as being too slow or about nothing or boring. Well, Jesus Christ, mm. for the first time ever, a Disney show gets that criticism. Yeah. Instead of hurtling head fast, head first into like episode five. With, True. You know, it's it's really nice to see them build some characters. It's really nice to I've see them. I've been enjoying it. Create a story. Yeah. I mean, I, I have been enjoying it. It, it. It's got ups and downs for me. Some of the show episodes I have questioned whether they couldn't have moved things along a little bit more rapidly. Mm. Mm. But but if, but then it seems like almost the next show redeems it. There there's an interesting plot twist and mm. and they're really getting into the machinery of the empire yeah. and stuff like that, which is fun. It is it is fun, and that machinery of the empire part mm. I think is the most fun. Yes, because the, you know Disney has really they've been playing it so safe with like the Obi Wan series mm. and. Um, and what was it, the Boba Fett series? Yeah, and I mean those were those were fan favorite characters. Boba Fett was not good. No, it was terrible. It was terrible. It was terrible. But the, but it seems like such an easy yeah. win. You've got mm. like this built-in fan base of people who love the concept of Boba Fett. Yeah. Like that is their thing. I think and what, you couldn't what, put together a reasonable show. Mm. And it's because you don't find the heart of the character. Yeah. And I think with Andor, that's what they're finding. They're in the machinery of the Empire. Mm. Is this guy who kind of got lost in it. Right. And and I think that's actually quite interesting to watch. Yeah. And I think what's interesting is we, we I mean I think much of Star Wars has often been said is like a Western, right? So it always mm. happens on the frontier. Yeah. It's always Moz Eisley. That's right. And yeah, it's always on Tatooine, Tatooine and or somewhere in the jungle. Yeah, Dagobah. So it's never go goes to the central most developed places in the Empire. Yeah. Like Coruscant. Yeah. And yeah. and I kind of miss that and, and for the first time Andor is showing you yeah. the bureaucracy. That place, yeah. I wanna see the bureaucrats of the Empire. Yeah. I wanna see the intelligence yeah. services of the Empire. I wanna I, well, I, in fact that I wanna see how just like a regular Empire citizen lives. Yeah. You never see yeah. that. You see like a barman and Mazar Hasley. Yeah. You see the rebel the rebels and the Jedi's. You never exactly. know like what's the fucking rest of them doing? Yeah. Yeah. You know, are they like living lives? Are they all in like some sort of gulag? What's happening? Well, that's the thing, and it it raises the problem of terrible societies. Is that it's if you make society too terrible to live in, it's unbelievable it's, that anybody lives in. No one would live there. Yeah. So you've got to make it into a place people live and believe to some extent Absolutely. in this stuff, and and I think they do that very well. Yeah. So yeah, I've I've mm. really really enjoyed that. Good one. Yeah. I've got a similar one actually because it has also been criticised for. I mean, in fact, you could you could swap out the criticism for these mm. two shows and and be yeah, otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Also been uh, criticised too slow, not enough happening, and that is Rings of Power. Oh yes, I just finished sure. season one, and again big, big it, one. it goes up and down a little bit. You wonder sometimes where is this heading? Why are things moving so slowly? Um, I, the trailers did not do it justice. Mm. I almost didn't watch it at all. It came off very kind of glowing elves. 
it came out very teenage angsty mm. yeah almost twilighty mm. on some level yeah that was very bad marketing from amazon and it is not at all like that mm. i love the the lead actor she's great mm. Um, everyone in that show is really standing out. They, I think they have they acknowledge the fact that they're doing something very meaningfully culturally. They they tackling a very mm. culturally meaningful and yes. fraught yeah. Yeah, fraught with property, danger. Yeah, you know, to, to screw it up. Visuals are amazing. Mm. I mean, some of the best effects and cinematography I've seen in a show like that. They really do capture fantasy for me. Well, what, how much did they say it cost? A billion dollars. Mm. A billion. You can see where the money's gone. A billion dollars. Well, you can see that money has gone. Can you see that a billion dollars <laughs> well, has gone? Who, who really knows these days? Um, I mean, the, the, the question is, and I think a lot of people would ask this question: Is you know, you've got Rings of Power on mm. one side and House of the Dragon on the other. Yeah. Uh, HBO versus Amazon, and HBO are spending mm. a quarter of yeah. what Amazon have spent on uh, on the Rings of Power. It, and does it necessarily make mm. it any less of a good show? Look, I'm, I, I don't know. I, but I don't know enough about the industry to comment on that. But I look, I'm much more of a Tolkien than a, a Martin fan. So I like my high fantasy. I like actual magic and actual mm-hmm. sort of mythology and yeah, my fantasy. Sure. I don't really dig the gritty medieval It's not just the potato stuff. famine 1412. I've never really been a fan of that. So... So, so I think they capture Tolkien. They bring in some subtle new mythology, which doesn't disrupt the main storyline. Because mm. um, no, you're playing with fire with that, hey? Yeah. Like you can just you can really fuck up. Yeah. A lot of shit. I think they did well. I think it's it's slow. It built, but that's the thing. And I was realizing that, yeah, maybe in the sort of instant gratification type of culture, or you know, people want the big boom right at the beginning. Mm. But Tolkien was never like that. No. If you read Tolkien, his stuff goes on and on and on yeah, before I, anything interesting happens. I, I don't think that's necessarily true. I don't think that that culture is necessarily as widespread. Mm. Um, you know, a TV show like Chernobyl could, yeah. never, could never have happened if that's the overriding no, sure. way that people are looking at uh, But maybe fantasy because it has the, you know... You, you the can, orcs and the armor and the knives and the swords. Exactly. You and can the, bring those things yeah. in very quickly if you yeah. want to and the yeah, magic. Sure. But they, I think, wisely make it a very slow burn. You mm. know, that they they ramp up the tension slowly. They only show bits and pieces of magical stuff happening. Yeah. And, but, I mean, that um, in itself is very Tolkien-esque. Like you say, yeah. that, 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 that's a little bit of an homage in itself. And it's got the epic quality, which I thought was going to be difficult to achieve in television. I mean, it certainly was there in the original trilogy movies. Yeah, sure. Where the epicness, the, the scale of the landscape. But they the, have a billion dollars, my son. I know. They have a billion. Well, I think dollars. they spend much of it on armor. <laughs> <laughs> that armor sure is pretty. I must tell you, that's real armor. It looks looking real good today. I think they made it for real. I, I think a lot of that stuff is clearly made. Yeah. Some of the close-ups also people getting dressed. Yeah, it's like that's real you can't armor. Really fake they that. made real armor yeah. for this movie. Um, oh. And I, I guess that stuff doesn't come cheap. All right, rings of power. It's it's a shout out. I wouldn't put it in my top one but i'm no, looking but forward to season to, two yeah it's it's also important that people mm. consume this kind of stuff because yeah. it means we'll get more of it no for sure you know all right shall we have some more beer i would love another beer i'm actually fucking like <laughs> my mouth is a sahara <laughs> i'm blaming i'm blaming the session ipa for that it is it's a very nice dry beer so man more beer more end of year shenanigans don't mind if i do i've just opened for us a non-ipa beer because we want to keep it fresh we want to keep it you know real here on the show, whatever that means. <laughs> yeah, what do you? I always wondered about saying? that. What does that really mean? Keeping, Keeping it real, it real, authentic, bro. It's like putting up your hands in the air, like you just don't care. 
Why would you put your hands in the air if you don't care? I need you to stop. I would think that your hands would be words that down on your sides. We don't <laughs> no, care. No, slumped over, crying. That's what I do if I don't care. Okay, you convince me. Let's just pretend this okay. discussion never happened. Anyway, so we are having a American Amber Ale, which is one of our favorite styles because we have often <clears throat> sung praises to things like Lumberjack. Lumberjack Ale. Yeah. Um, we've just mentioned uh, Carpot uh, Joe, which is the uh, um, Richmond Hill one. And here is a great little brewery, 400 Brewing Company. They are famous for bringing out their excellent black IPA range called Harambi. Um, this is their first amber ale, as far as I know. It's called Hydra, Hail Hydra. and um, probably, probably not the comics Hydra. No. Probably no. more the, the sea serpent. The, sea, the actual Hydra, mythological Hydra. sea serpent. May I just say that this is probably one of the worst labels I've seen on a beer can. I, I'm, I'm astounded. I'm, I'm it's at, like an afterthought. I don't know. I actually don't want to, don't know what to say about mm. this. Look, I mean, Fortnite Brewing Company is not known for their labels. They they have on occasion made some pretty hilariously bad labels. I don't know if it's meant to be ironic, but this is really not good. It's not great. <sighs> Neither of us could read the name of the beer on this label, right? You couldn't read the name. I mean, I, I tried. I I assume that this font usage must be ironic because there's no yeah. way that a serious person would assume that. The f- the the, the yeah. actual name of your beer should be written in a in a font yeah. that's completely indecisive. The imagery I think is trying to look old old worldly, you know, sort of murally maybe even mosaicy, but it doesn't work because it just looks out of focus. Yeah, it looks like yeah, you it, you, it's you all basically just dull and muddy. You and copied and pasted it off Google Images and you resized it into yeah. the wrong size. Yeah, you never got the like high shit. quality version. You just literally <laughs> you used your screenshotter. <laughs> To yeah, and, and then you had to up, up resize it to like one thousand two hundred pixels, and then you made sure that the the barcode is over the Shutterstock <laughs> yes. watermark, yes. so no one knows that you no stole from Shutterstock. It. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's a lazy man's label. Oh my god, it's so terrible! It's, it's terrible. so terrible. I, so at least Agards have, have officially dropped off the "it's so terrible" label category, yeah, and yeah. four hundred has squarely moved. Yeah, four hundred was like. Gap. There's oh, a gap. There's yeah, a gap. Yeah, I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, hold my shirt. You know, it's like when you see that parking space and you 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 swing into it without knowing that it's directly underneath the leaky aircon yeah. unit. Yeah, which is going to fuck up your paint job. Yeah, or there's a trolley sitting square <laughs> in the middle of it. Um, yeah, this is it's a terrible, terrible can. Yeah. All right, let's hope the beer is better. What uh, What are you seeing here? So it's a bit hazy, uh, which could mean many things. Um, it's not super hazy, but there is haze. It's there not is, yeah. clear, clear. Yeah. It's a little bit darker than I expected. A little darker. So you've got more complex malt pool, no doubt. Mm. Uh, maybe dry hopping. It would be weird to dry up uh, amber ale, maybe. So it could just be unfiltered. There's a nice, very creamy head on top. Very milky, creamy yeah. head. Yeah, nice. very creamy head. I'm getting those malt notes. Malt notes, very crystal malt, sugary, slightly caramel. But, you know, a toffee type of... I'm picking up some vegetable stuff here, which I hope is not what I think it is, but we'll see. Because I'm I'm picking up some DMS, which is cooked corn. Is that is that that kind of sugary? No, it's like it's, a, it's like literally a, like sweet corn. I can't say I can smell mm. it. Or tomato plant. Yeah, there's definitely like a funk. Mm. So that could be problematic because DMS dimethyl sulfide is a byproduct of um, of malts. It's built up in malt when temperature variations happen. So it's sometimes because you don't boil at a high enough temperature, which blows off DMS, or if your chilling takes too long, because it, it, it basically there's almost an unlimited supply of DMS in malt. So it tends to build up as malt heats up mm. at a certain temperature, 
So, the, so you've got to cool it as quickly so you, as possible. So you, it's very volatile though. So if you if you boil very vigorously, it blows off. Mm. And you extract that out of the beer. And then if you cool it down very rapidly, it never reaches that temperature long enough be. to rebuild up. Sure, sure. So DMS is a bit of a, a bummer if you get it into your beer because it does affect the flavor. Okay, well, let's taste it. Less, less DMS on the palate than the nose. It's very thin. It's very, it's very thin. It's weird because the, the, the look of it, it makes you think this is going to be a silky, full-bodied beer. Yeah. It's quite light-bodied, which suggests a, a quite of a low mash temperature i don't i don't really pick up that complexity of the amber malt you know no. amber ale malts which you normally do not certainly not that steely flinty edge no which i like in a good amber ale no there's a lot of bitterness mm. a lot of bitterness yeah they've certainly got the hop schedule right but i mean it's it's not really balanced with anything there's yeah it's a bit thin the hop itself is very bitter but not with a whole bunch of tropical flavors or anything like you would expect from an american amber um, certainly with an American amber, you, you want American hops. So you, you're looking for those cascady, centennial notes. It's not there. There's a, unless I'm very, very mistaken, there's, a, there's a, uh, an ashy flavor. Mm, but smoky. That's another potential flaw. That's if you use malt, which is not very fresh. So aged malts or malts which have been left on the floor too long. It's literally, it's Can give you ashy. a smoky, ashy flavor. Or they've used too much dark malt. So they may have used... So one way of getting the amber color to be quite rich, which this is, is to add a, a smidgen of roasted malts. So something like your coffee malts or even your black malts could add... Because if you pair that with a caramel malt, it produces the dark, dark mm. color plus the mm, slightly sure. golden color then produces red. And, and a very deep red like you see here. Yeah. Which is very attractive. It's a very attractive red. But if you overdo the dark malts, it, it gets too smoky mm. because there's not anything to stand up against the smokiness of those malts. And roasted malts are literally that. They are roasted malts. They yeah. are roasted in a kiln. They are darkened. They are darkened. They add barbecue ashy flavors to stuff. Um, so it could be that. But overall, disappointing, I have to say. I, I expected a bit more. It, it, it well, lo- given it, the pedigree of this brewery. Yeah. That they literally have not had a bad black IPA with in any of their rumbies and they're now up to a rumbie number six. This is kind of like, I mean, I don't want to go as far as saying it's insipid, but it's but, pretty but close it's, to it. It is. It's, you know, I, I, I said thin. It is It is thin. Like, you, there's mm. a bitterness and nothing else. Like, I really expected, like, uh, more caramelly, toffee flavors. Which a is what bit you want density. from an amber. But it's not there. It's just watery. This, you know? this is very watery. It's almost like they put a bit of caramel malt in and then to get to the red, they put in some roasted barley or some black malt and called it a day. <laughs> hmm. So this and is actually, ironically, and I'm, I mean, I'm sorry if, you know, you, you're the brewer and you're listening to the show, you're a fan of the brewing. I'm a fan of this brewery. But this, this is... It strikes me this is one of those examples where the label is actually exactly what <laughs> yes. you should. It's a yes. lazy label. M- muddy and... And it's a lazy beer. Yeah. This is a lazy beer. It's a beer which has been made in a very lazy way for an amber ale, where it doesn't have enough malts. It doesn't have complex hops. I think they just added some roasted malt to get to the red color because it's amber. Yeah. And that's it. And that's as far as we're going. And then they copy and paste the, the first image of a hydro they could find on Google Images. And, and yeah, that, and from a flavor perspective, that 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 kind of burnt ashy flavor is actually quite unpleasant. Yeah, I know. That's not great. I'm going to give that a hard no for a repeat. I'm not. No, I'm sad to not finish any beer, but super I don't, super watery, eh? Yeah, it's wow, it's watery. 
There's there's nothing mm. there's nothing holding it up. It's nobody. No, it's weird. I, I mean, it's not an IPA, so it doesn't get on our leaderboard. But if, <laughs> if it were, we, yeah, if we made a new leaderboard I for would, Amber Ales, I'm almost certain that old Firebird would have, have some <laughs> run for his money. Poor Firebird. Poor Firebird. <laughs> Anyway, we'll put this behind us in yeah. the spirit yeah, of... We'll, we are in reconciliation. Focusing on good things only or something. Let's continue. Matt. Yes. How What's our next about one? getting into some beer with our list? I like, I like beer. What has been your favorite beer style of this year? It's not, it wasn't on purpose. Mm. Not was favorite a, beer, beer style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no, no, sure. Um, it, it wasn't on purpose. I said, it was not me going out of my way to do this. Mm. But I have found myself drinking more and more Pilsners this year. This is so interesting. Um, and I think it did start with Stella. Mm. You know, I think it, right. which, which is, uh, you know, you know, <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> allegedly a Pilsner. Um, and and yeah, I, just, I found myself just getting more and more mm. Pilsners during the year. I think I also found myself kind of IPA'd out, and right. I was looking for something that was bitter without of that the mm. palate. Destruction, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't mm. really have a, a, a rhyme or a reason behind it. Mm. But uh, Pilsners was something that I got into this year, and uh, and Pilsners of all kinds, I, mm. like even the ones that we know are not Pilsners at all. They're just right. they're lagers with Pilsner hops, and yeah, you know that kind of thing. That's fascinating. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think we have a ding, 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 ding moment here. Oh, really? Because that's mine too. Is it Pilsners? Pilsners. Really? Yeah, yeah for really? sure. So 2022 was Pilsner year. Pilsner year for us. Yeah. Holy shit. I mean, I I loved getting my hands on some very limited edition Pilsner Uka, which found its way to our shores. Which really? Is, yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It does come here so every now and again. I didn't. I didn't get a fucking WhatsApp voice note. No, I'm sorry, man. Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't enough to go around, <laughs> but uh, but not. I mean, literally not a mm. lot. Um, Essa Pils, of course, mm. by mm. my Soul Barrel still yeah. is one of my best. Yeah. CBC Pilsner is not bad. Um, so there's been a lot of good Pilsners out there, and even the macro stuff is not that bad. Mm. You know, mm. I agree. I mean, I wouldn't drink the South African so-called Pilsners really because that's just swill. But I must say the the the, the proper European the proper Pilsners, Pilsners are, absolutely, and the craft ones are really nice. Yeah. Yeah, that, that I, and CB- for the same reason as you mentioned, actually, I, I was also a bit IPA'd out, but I wanted still hoppy beer. Yeah, but not that sort of palate destructive. Yeah, you know, that that CBC Pilsner is the one that I kind of went to this year a lot. Yeah, it's, you know, it sold at my local liquor store. Right, um, it was you know, it, it mm. and it and it became kind of friendly to me. You know, exactly. it was just kind of I know what I'm into. Yeah, okay, it's a it's a seven out of ten beer. But it's but that's exactly what yeah, I'm looking for. You know, it delivers. And when SA Pills <clears throat> is around, you always get it. You know, yeah. if, if you see it. Well, we were just discussing the imminent kind of hmm. you know destruction of certain online beer delivery shops. And, True. Uh, you know, we're going to have to find another way to get my yeah. killer pulse. Well, I believe that one can buy directly from Soul Barrel now, so I would recommend anyone yeah. trying that. And there's also the unfortunately one which they discontinued, which was Jack Black's Killer Pulse, yeah. which was really a nice pulse, yeah. an unfiltered Pilsner. Which obviously didn't have a good market here, but it was a great beer. It was basically non-existent mm. up here. With the taste of that horrible amber ale still in our mouth, mm. let's move on. I think we should have another beer. Yeah, can I have something that isn't just clear clear taste sound. like Hydra? <laughs> no hail to Hydra. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Matt, we are moving swiftly forward. Yes, we are. With our uh, bumper edition end of year 2022 based of edition. 
And uh, after a rather disappointing Amber Ale, we are moving ahead on something better, and we're also going to be adding uh, IPA to our IPA leaderboard. Like, I've been meaning to ask you, is it fair to add? Yes, it is. Okay. (laughs) We had this conversation before. (laughs) The IPA leaderboard is no discrimination. If If your beer has the name IPA in it somewhere... We are going to review it. We're going to put it on the list. And yes, I think it is fair. I mean, Ruination is is the highest scoring double IPA so far from Stone Breweries. And I think one can still say, you know, remember, we're not we're not trying to be beer judges here. You know, I am a certified uh, beer judge and a century analyst and all that stuff. <laughs> just just remind just us of your there. credentials quickly. I'm just throwing it in there. Yeah. No, but I mean, like, that's not the point. The point is, this is a fun leaderboard for fans of beer, fans of IPAs. Who just want two everyday guys who like APAs to tell them what they think and make it a bit of a recommendation list and a fun list to see who comes out on top. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's really what it's about. So if we're mixing different kinds of IPAs, that, that's, that makes it all part of the fun for me. You know, there's fun in, in having them come up against each of course, other. Of course. Of course. So today, for the first time, we are reviewing and adding to the leaderboard mm. Agar's Double IPA Warrior. Matt is terrified of this beer for reasons <laughs> unknown, but I'm sure you'll get into it later. The reasons are very, I'm sure very you, well I'm known. I'm sure you can myself. find the photos on the internet yeah. of why Matt is so afraid yeah, of this beer. Yeah, the, the closed-circuit television footage is, <laughs> is out there. That, 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 uh, those, those videos which Pornhub still doesn't want to <laughs> remove. Uh, yeah, no matter what. Even after legal action. My lawyers keep sending letters. They just ignore me. <laughs> so we're having the Agards Warrior double. Now, this has changed. Warrior used to be a double IPA only, but they have yes. rebranded it as a double Nipa, so a New England IPA. Mm. Now, that's interesting because I've never had a double, a New, double England. New England IPA. Yeah. So this is a first for me, and yeah. I and it does, firstly, on it looks like a New England IPA. It's, it's cloudy. Yeah. It's it's a little bit on the right side of dirty dishwater, which is what I kind of like on, yeah. a, on a New England IPA. Yeah. Like a creamy straw. That's kind of like that. Fl- that look, that New look. England IPA is... Kind of burn down the conventions of, <laughs> of what beers are supposed to look like, yeah. and, then, and then paves over it with some, you know, handy yeah. concrete you had lying yes, around. Yes, yeah, rebar and corpses. Yeah. So it's it's perfectly fine. Again, even though it is cloudy, it's not not turbid, which is again one of those weird distinctions for me. There's a cloudiness, it's a, yeah. but it's a clear cloudiness. Yeah, it makes yeah, no it's, a, it's like a, it's a consistent cloudiness. It's I guess so. Yeah. It's not awkward. It's not like dishwater where there's like mil- milky wafts, ed- eddies in the space time continuum. Or, or, or drifty things. Yes, yes. <laughs> or even worse, things which swim on, well, their own, yes, yeah. on their own accord. In which case, that this beer would be poorly rated. Yes. So on the nose, man, what are you getting from Warrior? Look, there is a very, there's a heaviness to it. Wow. There's, there's a, there's a, a there's chewy. A chewy strength. Yeah, chewy. In the head there. And it tells you what's to come. It tells you that this is not your mama's IP. No. Right. No, there's a there's a there's a very strong fruit rind. Um, I get fruit salad, which has been standing in the sun for a little too long. Right, like a good mixed yeah, fruit salad. Yeah, a little a bit of a lot of purple. Uh, yeah, yes, yes. Which, which usually is purple, the yeah. one fruit which goes more swiftly than all the others in a fruit salad. Right? Yeah, which I love. I love purple, but it's got a real purple flavor. Yeah, there's now. definitely a fruit is rusting mm. on the vine kind of thing, you know. And a zinginess. There's a zingy scent here. Uh, they they go for mango. I can see that mango is, is definitely present. Definitely mango. Um, all the really strong flavor. Yeah, your, your strong tropical fruits, which tend to predominate in a fruit salad. None of this is making me unhappy. No, 
It actually smells fantastic. I mean, it, this really does smell like a, I could <laughs> just is. keep on smelling this it, beer. That's the thing is, I, I, its own thing. I, I actually, I'm, now, I'm scared to actually drink it now. Yeah. And again, we, we have to say it's the new label, so well done there. Yeah. Yeah, the old um, one was, was black, wasn't it? Or brown or... I don't even know. I think it was. I think it was dark brown. It was uh, very or intimidating. Dark green or something. It was super intimidating. Yeah, yeah. Okay, look, I've got. To, I have to drink this, but I'm not responsible for what happens afterwards. <laughs> it's 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 strong. It's strong. It's strong. It's definitely definitely strong. It's on that that far end mm. of of crunch. Yeah, we probably should have left this to the end because now we're not going to taste anything. The, this is this is very very very. But then again, though, so I hear you, but I, I don't think it's that strong. I mean, it's got 8% alcohol, which is good for a double IPA, yeah. but you can have an IPA with 8% very easily. Bitterness, though, is not that high. It's 75 IBUs. On, in your mouth. I in can, your mouth. No, it tastes like 75 to me. It really it's, does. It's, 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 I think there's also just a little element of sweetness to it, mm. and I don't know w- where that's coming from. On the malts. But it's it, but it's actually very bright sweetness, mm. which contrasts quite a lot to the density of the. I suspect strongly. Hops. Well, they say it's got wheat, so they've got wheat, uh, which is interesting because it does wheat adds a crispness, mm. it adds a little extra flavor. Um, they obviously have some nice malts in here. I am I suspect strongly to get it up to eight percent. They're adding dextrose or some kind of sugar. Um, and there's a flavor to, to dry that. it out, but to leave a little residual sugar in, maybe even, even some people have been using lactic, uh, like lactose, like uh, like what you would mm. put in a milk stout. They've been using that to enhance um, hop flavor. It's a new technique coming out of America. Could could have been used. This, I love this beer, man. It's it's it's. This is definitely not the the double the warrior I remember. Mm. That one was a lot. The warrior I remember was forceful. Dense. Much it, more dense. It was a little, almost too much, boozy. This is not any of that. This is fresh. I love the fact that I'm still tasting the exact same tropical flavor. Sometimes it's nice to be surprised by the flavor of beer, right? Where the nose is sep- is different from the palate. I'm getting exactly the flavors on pa- my palate that mm. I got on the nose. Yeah, sure. I'm tasting yeah, yeah, yeah. pawpaw, no, no, I hear mango, you. I hear you. you know, and, and some orange. There's some zingy orange here. Very lovely. It stays on your palate, but it doesn't build up too much for a double IPA. I think that's impressive. It's not boozy. No, it's not, no. That's that's kind of what I'm trying to taste now. Is I remember that there was a a very porty kind of booziness yes. to to the yeah. Warrior previously, and I'm I'm not. I and that, in some ways, have, has always been my criticism of some of the Agor's IPAs. Is they always seemed too boozy for me. They, they weren't hiding the alcohol very well, which made me always worry that there was some fusel alcohol stuff in there. This is well disguised. I wouldn't guess this is eight percent. If you told me, I would say this is six, six to six yeah. and a half, maybe. Yeah. Um, but chewy, crunchy, very dank, um, but not overly. I like the fact that the tropical flavors remain. I, I'm still getting mango and pulp. They're not. They're not. Um, they're not going away. Mm. I think the carbonation is perfect. It's not overly carbonated, but it's not undercarbonated. It's got good lacing. I dig this beer, man. I, I I'm very much enjoying it. The only thing that I'm not certain about is that very very bright sweet note mm. that I'm. It, it's almost it's it's a a, a gummy bear note, mm. and and I'm. Uh, You're not sure about. I'm it. not sure about it. 
I'm loving the dankness, and it's definitely not as overwhelming as the warrior used to be. It and could, I and it, I appreciate it might that. Be, it might be that they haven't comp- they they stopped the fermentation somewhere along the line to leave some of that residual sugar in, which they added, or they actually put lactose in, which does not ferment. Yeah. To add sweetness and, yeah. and mouthfeel to it. And as I said, it's a known method now among some of the American craft beer guys who are doing do interesting IPAs to, because it's been shown that uh, lactose adds to the brightness of your hop flavor, which this does have. Mm. Um, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me then if that's the technique that they're using. You're right. It's a little – that's that's where I would ding it a few points, it's right? just that – If this were just a little drier. Yeah. Yep. This might well have been a beer I would right now stop the podcast, go, <laughs> go to my liquor store and buy and all, buy of, all it, of them, yeah. all of it. Yeah, there's just it, it, like that that sweet note mm. is right here on my tongue, and that's the only thing that I know. It, it tends to build up a little, doesn't mm. it? Which is weird because normally you'd expect the bitterness. The bitterness. To build up. Now the but sweetness. But I think the rest of it up. is so nicely balanced. Yeah, um, I'm not getting fatigued from the no. from the crunchy, fruity notes mm. at all. It's just that sweet note, yeah. and I don't know what it is. And and I must say, even though it isn't sort of massive IBU, 100 plus IBUs, which you sometimes get in double IPAs, um, I mean, there's also a bit of a macho element to trying to now get to 100 IBUs, which is also not necessary. But um, I would say this is a competent beer, man. It is certainly competent. Um, it's certainly competent. And I'm, and I'm really glad that it comes from a local brewer. Yeah. You know, these guys are just down the road and I'm, mm. you know, we've been watching them for years. You know, it's yeah. we've had a love hate relationship with with both their beers and their branding, and it, yeah. and and it's nice to see them refining and 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 really thinking about these things, and mm. and very very hopefully you know succeeding. Yeah, I've got a number. Yeah, I've got a number as well. What's your number? Um, my number is seven point seven five. Damn man, there's another ding 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 for us. Seven point seven five yeah. for me too. Let me tell you now that if if they can sort out that little, mm. whatever that sweet note is, and maybe I'm alone in, in feeling this way. Maybe other people are like, oh, that's a beautiful counterbalance mm. to the bitterness. Yeah. But for me, if they could dry that out, this would be an, a nine beer for me. Yeah. So that, that propels it close to the top 10 for us. Mm. It's in, the, in, an, in amongst some good company with Fresh Hop 2020 IPA, Old Scallywag from Drifters who are now sadly yeah. passed. I think this is a great showing from from what can what can only be a good future for agors if they can mm. produce beers like this. And I, I I agree with you. I think if they can downplay the sweetness a little bit more, mm. maybe they were worried that it was going to be too inaccessible to people. Yeah. And I don't think they should be because you don't need to make any, you know, you don't have to make any apologies for a double New England IPA. Yeah. You're clearly breaking yes. new ground anyway. Absolutely, hundred percent. See, that's exactly it. Is that they've you know they've taken mm. what was a very difficult beer. Yeah. The warrior was a difficult beer. I'm I like mm. bitterness, but the warrior was a difficult beer, and they have fixed. Yeah. So, so many much. Of, so much in that beer to make it. Chief for me is how they disguise the alcohol. That booziness. Yeah. That booziness no was booziness very here. obvious. Mm. It was it was overwhelming at times. Yeah. And that's gone. Mm. And to to fix you know ninety percent of the things that yeah. that made the beer not super brilliant and introduce one thing, mm. I can absolutely give that leeway. You know, yeah. I can absolutely give that leeway. That's and I good. Think, um, again, you know, this is kind of local boy does good kind of stuff, you know, and yeah. I'm, I'm I'm very happy to to rate it as I do. But I will, if they can, 
if they're happy to rebrand and make changes to a to a branded mm. beer that has been out there for a long time, I wouldn't be surprised if they can't tweak that recipe in production. For sure. And I, and I, I think they are taking new risks now and they, they're producing stuff which is really interesting. Mm. Um, they, they're moving away from the classic kind of yeah the the four the four poor you know, yeah. the four usual suspects of yeah. all craft breweries yeah you know? exactly uh, this is great stuff so well done Agars for both your branding and your beer choices mm. um, I'm still enjoying this though I mean it's not something I'm absolutely I'm, enjoying it it's not down the drain or anything for me no shit no it's it's delicious it, mm. it really is well it's seven point seven five man it, it shows no. me you really enjoy this beer no but but it also goes to show how invested mm. we are in how much we want that beer to be yeah. what it what it can be, you know? No, exactly. Um, and it, maybe it's not even a bad note. Maybe it's an unexpected note. And, and mm. you know, but either way, it's it's delicious. Yeah. It's like I mean, me criticizing my son for only getting a B in maths. You know, it's like, yeah, dude, I, it's just because I love you so much. You're not angry, just disappointed. I'm just disappointed, <laughs> man. Like, we, we almost had it. You know, I'm fucking... Just My, like Michael Bogey Collins. And McCall, man. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, fuck, man. Yeah. Good beer, though. Very, very nice beer. And Good job, eh, guys? Remove the bad memories of the previous beer thoroughly from my mind. Sure. Let's do some more in-year stuff. Okay, go. What but let's, 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 let's pump through these now. Come on. Let's get like four out the way. Okay, so. While I still have a beer in my hands. What is the best old movie you watched for the first time this year and enjoyed? Best old movie? watched this year for the first time for the first time oh you know what i so i've actually missed this question completely am i so this is sort of a category of of perhaps it's a movie everyone always told you you should watch but you never got around to i've got exactly the movie i've got exactly the movie and it was i can't remember why i watched it but i did it was on i think it was it was on tv late one friday night so what is it man uh it's the thing Really? You've never seen The Thing? I have never, Holy ever shit. watched The With Thing. With Kurt Russell? With Kurt Russell. And the dogs? Yeah, and the dogs. And and, and it's, it's yeah. uh, what's his name? Yeah. Uh, James James Cameron? No, it's not James uh, No, it wasn't James Cameron. It was uh, uh, the guy that escaped from Carpenter. LA. John, John Carpenter. John Carpenter. No. Man, yeah. it says John Carpenter is the thing. It's literally, it's literally in the title. Well, I mean, I love his The Vampires one, which is great with, with James Woods. Have you yes, seen that? Yeah, I have seen that, yeah. The Thing is a great movie. You can also totally understand that James Woods is obviously outside of his own fucking head. Oh, yeah. Uh, like I don't think he's psychotic. ever been really good. No, James, the I've, Thing is a great, it's super disgusting, of <clears> course. <throat> a lot of body horror. The Thing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, look, it's not on the same, it's not like on an existence yeah. kind of, you know. No, but it's not for children. <laughs> the, the thing no it's not for you children, want your children to watch. no strangely <laughs> enough I don't want to see them watch humans get dissolved into gelatinous cubes yes no no or the guy whose hands get bitten off yeah, when he gross, tries to do dude. CPR I it's mean, that's horrific a, that must be one of the best scenes ever made let's face it uh, it's, it's a good scene it's definitely a good scene you know he is out there pay the guy trying to save your life <laughs> by biting his hands <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, yeah, so that I, I, I finally got around to watching that. It's a good movie. It's a very good movie. It's very atmospheric. I mean, the way even the way it starts with the dogs, and you know something's yeah. up here, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like I was I was reading a lot of uh, like uh, behind the scenes and all these kind of things, yeah. and uh, and apparently there is a, uh, a a thought about the movie that you can tell who is infected or is, oh, really. You, by looking to see if there is a if their eyes reflect light. Oh wow! They even went down to that level. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, so, John Carpenter is a funny guy. John Carpenter is a weird dude. He's a weird dude. He's, weird. he's not Cronenberg, but he's mm. but he's he he's is a weird a, dude. He's a weird dude. 
That's what a was, good pick. Thank you. What was yours? Mine was a lesser known movie, but it's on, uh, I think it's on Ebert's great movie list. And yeah. It's on Tomato yeah. uh, Meters which you, yeah, uh, movies. Which you've got to give credence to. And it, it's something I, I kind of, it went past my radar when it came out and I always meant to watch it because it's got some actors in I really like, like Tia Leone, Greg Kinnear. And Ricky Gervais Greg Kinnear and Ricky Gervais. So it's 2008's Ghost Town. Oh shit, I haven't seen that. That is a lovely movie. I haven't seen that. I've heard a lot about it. It's a great little movie. I can see why it's on great movie lists. Um, And the premise is is Ricky Gervais is pretty much Ricky Gervais. He's the... As he is in... Misanthropic. He hates everybody. He's a dentist, which is just the best profession for someone like him. And... um, he starts seeing dead people, and 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 the the weird thing is that the dead people realize he can see them, hmm. and very few people can, and so they start sort of really hounding him because they want him to help. Uh, all, all the help, things they didn't do unfinished in their business. Life. Yeah. You know, and there's a love story with Leone and her dead husband starts haunting Ricky. Is Jones that Greg Kinnear? That's Greg Kinnear. Brilliant. And it's a funny movie. It's funny. It's poignant. It's it's perfectly made for Ricky Gervais. Mm, it does seem very much up his alley. It's it's very good. I mean, it's it's a lovely little movie, and I I, I would I love the fact that it's got the supernatural elements. It's got the sit the rom com elements. I love Dilione and anything <sighs> she does. Oh come on! I mean, she's so compelling. Come on! Um, it's a great little movie. Ghost Town, two thousand eight. Check it out. I'm I'm going to really. It's it's one of those great little Sunday afternoon. I don't know what I want to do right now, kind of movies. Well, I can watch it for 160 rand on Google Play. Well, there we go. So sold. I mean, well, I'm not not, <laughs> not sure I am. I'm I'm not sure that this is a. It's probably cheaper to get it on Apple. Good grief! But good one here. This thing, I, I'm amazed that you haven't watched that. Um. Yeah, I always actually avoid it. I'm, I don't do horror. No, I don't do horror either. I don't do horror. But the thing is not horror as in supernatural horror. It's body, it's gross horror. I can do gross horror. It's like aliens. You see, now there's another delineation to be made there where mm. there you've got sci-fi horror. Right. But isn't the thing sci-fi, it's basically, didn't they basically yeah, thaw out an alien? It is a thing from outer space, sure. Yeah. But, but, but I, I would put it more... Which teaches us all, do not put an electric blanket <laughs> on a frozen alien. Yes, don't, de- don't defrost don't do that, any aliens. Man. Don't do that. No, no, no. I think, I think horror in space is sci-fi. Right. It uh, has to be in space. It has to be in space, yeah. Mm. Otherwise, you can say like, uh, uh, what was that, um, that one with Nicolas Cage, uh, Color Out of Space? Oh, I haven't seen that. Um, you know, I, I think it's actually based on a, Cthulhu, on a Lovecraft, Lovecraft DM, you know. Yeah. But I mean, but that's from space, right? You know, right. You know, Cthulhu, the old gods, there in another dimension. And yet, Men in Black is is. Yeah, but that's not horror. That's it's like not horror. fucking comedy. Yeah. No, no. There's these strange delineations no, because sure. I can watch Texas Chainsaw and mm. laugh all the way through. Right. But put Alien in front of me, and I need a new pair of pants every couple of minutes. That's interesting. I've got the exact opposite. I cannot watch things like Texas Chainsaw, which involves psychopathic really? horror. I don't like it. It doesn't it disturbs even, the hell out of me. Doesn't doesn't flick my and I, and I don't like supernatural. That really scares me and it gives me nightmares. Whereas, I my delineation I make to know whether it's safe to watch. Yeah, is yeah. Does it have a supernatural element? Yes or no. If it's no, I can probably watch it. And does is, it happen in space? Is the main horror element basically gross bodily shit happening? Yes, I can handle that. Okay. Uh, so, the so, space thing doesn't make a difference. For me. So Cronenberg, yeah. no matter what it is, you can watch. 
You can watch Existence and you can yeah, watch... Yeah, Existence was... I actually was surprised Lange. to think that you thought Existence was horror, but okay. No, it's but it's body horror. Yeah, no, Existence was not... It was you know, okay. they make Lange a gun out of her spinal column, but... This is true. There's some fucked up shit. Yeah, no, body horror doesn't bother me. Um, but, but supernatural stuff. So, like, I mean, Event Horizon is a great... That is... That's on the corner ter- of what I cannot watch. That is on the corner of fuck you and I'm out. Yeah. That, yeah. is, that Event Horizon is legitimately one of the scariest no, things I've ever scary. watched. But I, I mean, even the sort of schlocky supernatural horror stuff, like The Ring or whatever you want to... No, that stuff doesn't... Blair Witch. Fucking, that is, can't watch that. Can't no, watch that. Jesus, that is the most lame bullshit imaginable. No. You see, it that's the difference between you and I, man. Yeah. What, I'm lame. That I, I have a fully, <laughs> fully working brain. And, yeah, I'm lame, apparently. <laughs> and you're like the fucking <laughs> straw okay, man. Let, let's knock out some more. Yes, let's go. Quickly, next one. Let's stay on movies. Yes. Best movie released this year. This was my most difficult category to fill. Um, this I was, still actually. think that the movie industry is in a great deal of crisis. Yes, I agree completely. And it's really producing crap. At, at at a quantity at, at, at a quantity and which, quality which you might only before. see at a, a budget Indian curry yeah. eating contest somewhere in a bad place yeah I assume we're up to like sequel number 400 this year so yeah let's just do safe things man yeah let's just redo no, no, things no. which have already worked absolutely absolutely and or if not do a sequel not even you're not even fucking joking they're, they're, they're turning like 400-year-old fucking yeah, TV shows. Dream. I mean, it's, it's only disgusting. a matter of time before we see Casablanca yeah. starring yeah. one of the Hemsworth but it'll be, But it'll be, it'll be word, colon, Casablanca. Oh, yeah. It'll be like Africa, Casablanca. Yes. And then they'll do like 17 of those. And one of the Hemsworth brothers will be the lead actor. Well, I assume it'll be Liam yeah. because the other ones have some sort of fucking taste and career. Yeah. Um, the best movie with, released with, this year... Uh, Miley Cyrus as the, <laughs> as the least love interest. At least you didn't say Selena Gomez. True. No, I wouldn't do that. Um, so I've got two. You got two? On, I couldn't even find... I hardly found one. No, no, no. I've got, I've got two. Um, mm. One was... I'm going to... It was Cusp this year. In fact, I think right. they were both Cusp this year. But I was were, about to say it was a movie called Cusp because that sounds no, great. No, 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 no. But uh, it was kind of like mm. as 2021 yeah. became 2022 and I'm definitely going to use them both. Okay, which but, are they? So one is an animated film from mm-hmm. Pixar called Turning Red. Oh, okay, that's nice. The most I like that movie. Brilliant little. Mm. <laughs> it's literally one long running metaphor for menstruation. You're but, right. But in that, it finds this really heartfelt family story, mm. you know? Um, my my seven year old watched it and he loved it, you know, yeah. and and he didn't necessarily pick up on the the, the analogies, right? Um, so it works on so many different levels. It's beautifully animated. I think it was basically overlooked at the box office because it was one of those mm. pandemic releases, um, but it's it's brilliant. It's very very good, um, and I can very much imagine watching it with my daughter. Yeah, kind of. You know, when you start reaching that point when a daughter needs to know these kind of mm. things, you know, there's a, it's like, here's our family story, you know, yeah, yeah. And, it's, and it's quite beautiful. It was a lovely movie, that. It was gorgeous. I'm going to piggyback off on you and say that's my second pick. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I love that movie. Yeah, it was great. It mm. was really, really good. And I don't think we talk enough about, we should do another show about animated movies, actually. Jeez, dude, you should come to my house. That's all we watch at our place. I'm sure. And once you have kids, that's all you no, watch. No, yeah, Saturday nights is It's nice when it becomes a, a choice. Um, the, the, the other one I want to say, and it's, mm. and it's my number one. Right. So just right, to be right, clear, right, that right. This, this is the one that I think was the best okay. movie. Um, it was, and it is a horror. It's very much steeped in okay, the Texas Chainsaw well, then motif. I would not have seen it then. No, you would not have seen it. Um, it's, it's brilliant. It's very lively. Mm. It's very current. 
Um, it's it's got a, a period feel to it. I think it's set in the seventies or early eighties. Okay. Um, it's called X. Right. It's just called X. X. And as in the letter X. The letter X. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's very very good. It's it's difficult to it's difficult to describe why it's so good. Who's um, the director? Tell us a bit more about. I, I've got, I've got no idea the directors. Hmm. I don't think if they've done very much before. Ty West, apparently. Ty West. There you go. So they're now doing a whole. Because Hollywood is Hollywood, they're now doing three or four oh, additional see. ones in the same. Right. It worked. Let's do more. Yeah. Um, but it stars Britney Snow. Yeah. It does stars Mia Goth. So both, I mean, Britney Snow was Snow was in the uh, Pitch Perfect films. Uh, Mia Goth is this English actress who's done some very fucking weird independent stuff. Right. Um, Martin Henderson who has okay. been doing weird roles for about 20 years in Hollywood, including Smoking Aces and a legend of a movie called Talk, where he was just on a bike for the entire movie. Right. It's great. Sounds fantastic. Um, but yeah, it's, it. but it's a, a horror movie, and it plays a little bit with the tropes where the, uh, the without giving too much away, the, the bad person is this very old, decrepit lady. Ah. Um, but she obviously has got, a lot wrong with her mentally and she's kind of trying to recapture there's a there's a lot of this undercurrent of sexual uh, mm. sexual loss you know where she obviously was quite virile when she was younger and no longer has that right and she's she she resents these these kids right for what they have well, it's not bad, it's, man. It's really good. Sounds man. good. I mean, it's I really probably good. would never see it, but no, no. I get, I get why you would pick this because it sounds good. Yeah, and it's and like I say, it's a period piece and it's period mm. perfect. You know, it's like mini buses from the seventies and milk from the seventies and Wonder Bread from the seventies and you know everything shot on reel to reel and it's it's just really well done, really well Very done. Nice. Well, mine it was surprising to me because I, I maybe because I went in with almost no expectation. Because I had been disappointed by this franchise so many times, and um, but then I, I watched this show and it was really good. And I watched it again just to make sure that I wasn't maybe yeah, yeah. like just in a really good space. Yeah, at that point in time. and and it was still good. And it had tight storytelling, very good storytelling. I like the fact that some of the stuff is maybe a little obvious, but if you had to teach a class on good tight storytelling with yeah. good foreshadowing. Good three act structure, good characterization. This would be a movie you could show someone to show that to them in a sci-fi context, hmm. and in an action sci-fi context, which is a difficult one yeah. to do that in. Because that's often thrown away. You know that genre is exactly. not exactly known for its <laughs> tight three act structures. No. And and what I also kind of liked about it, maybe because I'm so done with Hollywood, is that I don't think I recognize a single actor in that movie. Maybe a couple. Please tell me the name because I'm. I think I it's might. Prey. It's Prey. It's yeah. it's the new Predator movie oh. by a director called Dan Trachtenberg, who I don't know anything about. Um, the great leading actor. She's great. She's very believable in the role. Mm. Unlike many movies which use the Native Americans as a centerpiece, it doesn't seem, at least to my naive eye, to be particularly uh, patronizing. Mm. Um, it involves. A little bit of colonialism as well, and the terrible nature of it, which I thought was done very sensitively and well. And it's in the Predator universe, so I love, see, and you love the Predator universe. I love the Predator universe, but I hate what they've <coughs> most of the movies in it, right? I yeah. mean, they're still yeah, conceptually even, it works, yeah. but they just keep making shit movies about it. Exactly, and and I would say for me now, I'm happy to draw a line on the Predator and say it's done for me now. Uh, the trilogy for me is Predator, still the best. Yeah. 
followed by this one, Prey, which is a sort of a prequel. Yeah. And Predator 2. Predator 2, which and is where it that's finishes. It. Yeah. You never have to watch any other Predator movie yeah. ever. Yeah. Um, but Prey is good. Yeah. It's got great set pieces of action. It's got great foreshadowing. Uh, you really start caring about the characters. Mm. It has some twists which you don't expect mm. um, from a typical movie like this. Um, you know, there's especially one which I think you'll recognize if you watch the movie where you kind of imagine that a character is going to turn out to be an ass and is going to definitely die soon. <laughs> yeah. Turns out to be much nicer than you thought. Doesn't die immediately. Turns out more competent than you thought. Um, beautiful cinematography. Uh the action has a sense of space, which I liked. So I, I, I'd like to see what other stuff Dan Trackenberg has done because I think if there's one kind of... Not a lot. Yeah, not a lot. Not a lot. I mean, I, I, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what else he's going to come up with. Though. Yeah. Because if there's a bugbear I have with some action movies, is it, the director seems to not care about the spatial relationship of things. Yeah. That that you can't map it out. You can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't make. It some, doesn't make sense yeah. how they've now laid this exactly journey. Someone out. who appears on the left flank of of mm. the action scene suddenly is no longer there, or they're yeah. elevated in a space which it would be impossible to get there. Correct. Correct. And some some directors do this incredibly well. Like yeah. Michael Mann is a is an expert at at physical space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a director, and a couple of other guys have done it really well. I think Dan did, did well here too. You know, mm. it's like the original period. You know, where everybody. In fact, even better, in some ways than that. I, I read a really interesting. I, I don't want to call it a theory, but it's a mm. way of kind of looking at uh, genre works in, uh, in general, but yeah. but science fiction in particular, which is that you get you get one totally unbelievable mm. thing that I'm going to suspend disbelief about. Yeah. Right? There's a predator. Yeah. Okay, you get you get that. You get one chance. You get that massive thing. Mm. Everything else now has to be yeah. has Absolutely to be real. Tight, yeah. It has to be tight. Well, I'm if not you, surprised why I like this man's work by the way. He, into, he won, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, yeah. He won outstanding directing first time feature film from the Directors Guild of America for 10 Cloverfield Lane. Oh, you see, I enjoyed 10 Cloverfield Lane. Which was Lane. brilliant. Yeah. With our friend Yeah, with John Goodman. Fucking and, John Goodman, well, man. Well, that was a good movie. It was a good movie, yeah. yeah. I mean, shoehorned into the Cloverfield universe, but True. I don't, I don't really care. It didn't need to have point, been. Yeah. Actually, I wanted to point out that the mm. the the lead actor in um, in Prey, yeah, uh, I think her name is Amber Mid Amber Mid Thunder, yeah. She was in Legion, which is oh, my perennial. You're right. She was in Legion. Favorite superhero. Brilliant. Uh, ongoing series. You know, well, I don't know if it's still ongoing. Yeah. It's fucking, it's too weird, too weird for TV. But she, she was, was on that. She was in a more conventional TV show I enjoyed uh, as well, which was Longmire. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, about the sheriff, but no. Legion is one of my favorites. She was in Roswell, New Mexico, which was a, an interesting little sci-fi mm, TV show. Mm, yeah, a little bit, a little bit CW, a little bit, a little yeah. bit, a little bit Twilight. But that's okay. But uh, but overall, okay. Give Prey a try. If you if you've been avoiding it because you think here's yet another Predator movie I can do without, yeah. I I would I would argue not. I would yeah. argue that no, it's, this it's redeems the franchise. Yeah. 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 Okay. Should Good we do one. should we do one more before? Let's do one more and then another, another beer. beer. Right. Okay. Okay. So you've got um X, the disturbing nature of your mind never ceases to amaze me. Thank you. I appreciate um, that. I, I know. What about, man? If you look at what? was 
the best old TV series, which is no longer running anymore. Mm. So it has to be done. Mm. Which you rewatched this year and enjoyed the most. So my question, do I have to have rewatched the whole thing or can no, I just no. have watched, no, rewatched? You've been watching it and really loving it. Yes. Yeah, that's sort of the great thing. Easy peasy, The Leftovers. The Leftovers? The Leftovers. What is that where everyone went to Rapture and these yeah. are the guys who are left over? Yeah. I found that a very strange show. So I w- we watched the first se- mm. uh, season right. many, many years ago when it first came out. Mm. And we were, like, we were like, okay, this is cool. But then we kind of lost track of it and never watched the rest of it. I think season two and three took too long to arrive and we okay. just forgot about it. Then we see that season two and three is now on, on streaming. So we start rewatching. I think season two might be one of the best episodes, one of the best seasons of television ever made, ever, in the history That's of a television. Hell of a thing. It is unbelievable. Hmm. So I never went to season two with that show, mm. and I think the reason why is at the time there were a lot of shows like that coming out yeah. of mysterious people showing up or, exactly. being, or know, disappearing, or the, the four hundred was there, yeah. or stuff like that. Yeah. Right? and I, and I think it did. It was seen as that. Again, I'm using mm. that CW, that kind of teen, right. that young adult fiction. I think that, and also a little bit of the residual trauma we all experience with um, Lost, where you just felt this is going to be a show which has no ending, you can't ex- no story. Sorry, Marcel, you can't experience residual trauma if you never watch the fucking thing. <laughs> fuck Lost, and fuck everyone who thought that fucking Damon Lindelof had any idea what he was doing, or J.J. J. Abrams. You enjoyed Lost a little no, bit. No, I couldn't stand uh. Lost. But you know what I mean? There's that thing of, no, no, of no, a story. I get it. You, you fear the storyline which has no resolution. Absolutely. Absolutely. So why am I investing in this? Exactly. You know? I'm never going to exactly. know what's no, really No, Lost the... burnt a lot of people. Yeah. Burnt yeah. a lot of people. And Leftovers but, didn't? No. It has a resolution? No. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and on its way there, it gets better and better. Mm. I remember there was something about that show when it came out that I did enjoy. Mm. Uh, it, there was a quirkiness to it. There's a little bit, something different going on there. Yeah. And I, I think Justin Thoreau, the, mm. he's the lead. Um, right. He's he's also a very complicated actor to like, mm. you know. He because he's a bit of a douche and he looks like a douche and he's got a punchable <laughs> face, but he's also a father, you know. And he's also completely, you know, he's he, he's looking around. And he doesn't understand the world anymore, right. and, and no one does. And it's and it's really interesting to see like a real human character in that situation. Um, yeah, the the cast is amazing. The writing is amazing. Mm. The, the I'm going to give it a try. Writing is brilliant. This sounds good. To yeah. Me. So yeah, that that was that was my year. I, I still have season three left to go. So no, three seasons. I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah, no, I'm going to watch them. I, I think season three literally has like a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's. Wow. Uh, I think it's like highly decorated. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, mine is a is a oldie but a goodie, and I guess it's I guess it's not the most innovative choice, but again, I've been I've been listening to an excellent podcast on these TV shows, which inspires me to watch them again. And it is probably my favorite one of the franchise. And I've been loving rewatching Star Trek Deep Space Nine, man. Oh, really? Deep Space Nine? It's, 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 it's that transition point where Star Trek realized yeah. it was modern television. Yeah. And instead of having Monster of the Week shows, it started having an actual story. Well, overarching themes. And, and it got a little gritty. It was one yeah. of the most diverse casts of its time of any yeah. TV show. Well, for, for some time, it was the only TV show on television at that time which had a lead actor who was black, yeah. who, who, whose second lead actor was oh, female. God. Yeah, don't, don't forget, know? like the basic premise is pretty dark as well. Pretty dark. 
you know, it's a, it's, yeah. it starts off from pretty, you know, horrific bass and goes from there. And it's great. It's fun. There's there's crappy shows in in the many seasons it ran for, but there's all good ones. And I just love it. I, I return to Star Trek: Deep Space Nine maybe more than any of the other franchises inside of Star Trek. Really? Because I do. Mm. I'm sure I recalled that uh, the Next Generation was your no, your not really. No, Voyager. Voyager was a long a long time favorite. Mm. For me. But I think Star Deep Space Nine pulls it off for me more. What, what's the new Star Trek? So you've got Discovery. No, no, no. And then the brand new one is yeah. is Brave New Worlds, I think, or something like that. Have you watched that? That is apparently a magnificent. I've heard it's very really good. I, I want to I want to watch it. Yeah. yeah. I've heard it's excellent. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm going to watch that uh, very shortly. Okay. But for now, the the best old TV series we watched is Star Trek: Deep how, Space Nine. How far are you through that? I mean, how many how many seasons did they have? They had lots. I think they had like nine seasons. Yeah, it was it I'm at season seven now. Okay, so you and like, it gets dark because it's war. There's lots yeah, of yeah. They're war. in the middle of war. It's a war story most of the time. No, I remember. And it references a lot of war tropes. There's one excellent one where. Yeah, people get wounded and they have to deal with long-term wounds and, and almost like a drug dependency as a result of that. Um, it's got great stuff. Great. There's so many nuances to that show. Yeah. If you've never watched it, you should. It's it's a great example of what Star Trek can be. Now, nine seasons is a commitment, though, huh? It is. But mm. you'd, you'd love it. You'd love mm. it, all nine of it. Mm. That's it for Volume 1 of our end-of-year edition 2022 Best Of list. Tune in for our... Volume 2, where we'll be continuing this madness. I mean, or don't. You don't have to. Tune you don't in. have to. You don't ha- it's not like mandatory. Yeah. I mean, it'd be nice. Yeah. If you don't mind. But don't listen to Volume 2 before listening to Number 1. No, listen to... No, Volume so 1. So weirdo are you? Yeah. You don't go backwards. Yeah. Get with it. All the way home I'll be warm Oh, the fire is slowly dying And my dear we're still goodbye. But as long as you love me so, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. It's snow.